0: some of column a try all of column b i'm in the mood to help you dude you ain't ever podcast like me
1: that was great good job good job good job you just didn't you didn't go for a robin williams thing and i I respect i barely
0: did and i tried to pick a section of the song where he's kind of doing a voice but not a voice that i don't want to replicate You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, I don't know how well I can do default Robin, but I also don't know if I want to do full character Robin. That's when he's just sort of like, I'm just singing now like this. It's not as much like I'm playing a fucking bellboy for this stanza or whatever. (laughs) It is. I Look, I watched this movie uh, recently. I mean, you know, time is a a fucking flat circle, but I watched Mm. it at some point within the last 10 months of uh, pandemic. I've seen this movie twice in lockdown. Uh, every time I watch it, I'm still just kind of surprised by how many fucking transformations he makes. It's literally every two seconds he's got some new fucking wardrobe and voice. It's that's yeah, it's, that's the
1: beauty yeah, of the it. The best thing about it. it's the harnessing the power of animation. Like that, I'm, the I'm no, not being critical. Yet. I no, just I know always you're not. I love think it.
0: I'm prepared.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, there's always a little joke that I had forgotten about. It's sort of part of the fun, actually. You're right. You know, like this is some little joke I forgot.
2: I just learned he's the first, he's the, it sounds very dumb. I did not know he's the the guy at the beginning who's telling the story. Oh, of course. Absolutely. I had no idea that was him. That,
1: like, I remember <laughs> the Dead Sea Tupperware line, like my dad who in the theater laughing so hard and me being like, I don't know what that joke is, but like, clearly <laughs> that's funny right now. Like clearly yeah. that that's a reference or something. And that must have just, that's just him being silly, right? That's just him going in the studio and being stupid, right? See,
0: that for me was like when he does the come a little closer and then the camera smushes Mm. up against his nose. That was the thing for me. I was just like, you you could fucking do
1: that? Yeah, I mean, uh, that one I got. uh, That one I got when I was six years old. I
2: was like, oh boy, I've never seen anything like this. Could you imagine how hard this movie, again, the movie was super successful. But those animators must have been pissed. I've read all the stories about how Robin just uh, improvised so much stuff that he had to go back and redo a lot of the animations. Could you just imagine the dude being like, come here. And that wasn't in the script. And now they got to make the camera smush.
0: Right. Right. That's the thing. It's like, obviously, that's his stand up style. But you look at this movie, and the genie does not really have, I would say, more than five lines of dialogue that do not function as jokes, right? Like, every line of dialogue functions as a joke, but very few of them are written as jokes. He has very few punchline setup jokes he has a lot of exposition that robin williams is like what if i say it like this kind of person or what right. if i do what this I impression punch it up right yeah next, right yeah. or what if i add this turn at the end of the line or whatever it is and so yeah he like forced them to have to animate more than any character probably in animation up until that point
2: also don't forget Aladdin had um cgi it was one of the first was the computer generated like the the lava yeah Aladdin was going for it man well so
0: we're doing, this is uh, uh, this is a podcast called Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. Oh,
2: yeah. I'm David. Uh,
0: I, I appreciate your support of me being Griffin. I, I like the little hell yeah I got as a... Hell yeah. In response. I know you were probably saying it more in response to me starting the show, but the way it timed out, it sounded like you really like that I'm Griffin.
1: I, I love it. I love that you're Griffin.
0: And I love that you're David. And we're hashtag hey. the two friends. It's a competitive advantage. And this is a podcast yes, about... Sir filmographies directors who have massive success early on in their career and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want and sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they bounce into a whole new world baby and this is a mini series on the films of musker and clements chronicling the disney renaissance the rise the fall the rise again and then the retirement of these two guys who were kind of there the front seat for these, uh, this interesting 20, 30-year period of Disney feature animation. It's a series called The Pottle Murcast. Today we are talking Aladdin. Mm-hmm. And we got with us the great, from Astronomy Club, from Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood, one of the best movie podcasts out there, a dear friend, someone who it has been far too long since we've had on the show. I know. The great Jirah Milligan. Now we are talking oh, right before we recorded that you had said in an episode of Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood that your three mm-hmm. favorite films of all time, I know it's not an exact science, but at one point yes. you said, yeah. my top three are Batman Returns, Aladdin, mm-hmm. Get Out. I think it was maybe yep. the Get Out episode. You were, your yes. praise of Get Out was, this is, I love this movie so much, it now has entered.
2: It bumped the Wiz. Right. It bumped The whiz was in my top three. It bumped the whiz. I mean, get, Aladdin was the first time I I, I'm going to tell you what's so crazy Yeah, is I know now everyone's like, you know, um, representation matters. But I think when you're a kid sometimes, you don't know. Like, I didn't, I didn't know um, that Bruce Willis was not like me, you know what I mean? Sure. So, when I watched the Latin, I was like, oh, snap, there's a brown dude. But I didn't know. I know people were happy about that yeah. at the time, but I didn't know what that meant at all. Um, and now looking back, it's like, oh, 1992. Fire. I still like the Latin better than Lion King. I said it. Controversial.
1: I
3: don't. uh, Not for me. Here's the the thing.
2: (laughs) No, no. This is the thing. David and I
0: both like Lion King a lot less than almost everyone else of our generation. And it's like no disrespect to Lion King, but that's just never the movie that's hit for the two of us. And I feel like everyone else views it as so sacred.
1: It's a movie I certainly saw all the time. Like we owned it. My brother wanted to watch it. Right? Like, I've seen The Lion King a zillion times. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it doesn't have, for some reason, I can't, like, I don't know. It doesn't push the same emotional happy button for me that than
2: the other ones we just mentioned. Same. Same. But I'm happy we're doing it Latin, yeah. No, I like this movie.
0: Well, this, I mean, you talk about <laughs> what a breakthrough this movie was. I I believe the two major stats on this movie are it's the first animated movie to make $200 million domestically. Oh.
1: Uh, mm, right it, If Beauty and the Beast Was kind of the first Blockbuster animated right. movie Right Like this is the first Real blockbuster
0: Beauty and the Beast I think was the first To cross a hundred million And first run release
1: mm, That sounds plausible
0: And then this Pretty much levels All the way up to Two hundred million
1: It does It made Yeah A ton of money
0: Yeah it, The Disney legacy To a certain degree Was always These movies Are so Fucking Expensive to make, that Disney himself was always losing money anytime he made a feature. And the model had to be, well, you make the feature, you promote as hard as you can, it loses money. Then you re-release it every couple of years. You also make the ride. You make the merchandise. You put it on TV. I mean, it was just like this whole organization around keeping the preciousness of the movie because it had to take like 15 years to fully go into profit. And then eventually it would be evergreen and it's money forever. But it would take that long to make back its investment. And I feel like to a degree, Aladdin might be the first Disney film or first animated film that like went into profit first run release, just fully went into green just in theaters and then proceeded to be just such a fucking endless cash cow for them.
2: Oh, dude, I treat people multiple times. I think I saw this in theaters five times. I remember I saw it so many times. I was like, oh, I told my auntie I wanted to see it or maybe I had a friend who had a birthday party to go see it. My mom said to me, I'll never forget it. She goes. No, I mean, this is the only time she's ever said no. When I was like, oh, can I go to the movie? She was like, no, you've seen this already. And I was like, no, I me mean, like once. No, didn't you go with such and such? And she just started clocking every time I saw it. I was like, I remember it. And I was like probably five or six. It also, I mean, it, it
0: this was the highest grossing film of its year, which I also think was the first time that it ever happened with an animated movie. And it played for a while in first run.
1: Yeah, and but you know it's it, you're right that it was and it, it it's the robin williams thing too is the first movie where like the fact that a star was in it mattered in a uh, in a different kind of a way it's it for yeah it it's and it, and it's like an it's it's kind it's an action movie in a way that a lot of it is. you know you know what i mean it like is. it's got a little more of that energy and it's a musical and it's a comedy you know but
0: it it's It's the first time they kind of cracked the complete commercial calculation of how to be every genre at the same time and also be totally four quadrant
1: right the the, the supposed difficulty of disney appealing to boys i suppose aladdin right. is the one that defies oh, yeah. that right
0: right right that was uh, aladdin bullshit, and lion king no but it, i mean the you know i feel like uh uh boys are uh stupid little boys and yeah. they're uh yeah, who's sure. fighting who's right. fighting
4: right and there's that sort of
0: like i think i think things have gotten a little better culturally but certainly there's that thing of like oh if you're a boy you don't want to be seen as liking girl stuff too much at certain delicate ages And I feel like Disney had come back with a string of princess movies. And now it's like, this guy's got a
2: sword. He's got a monkey. It's like. He looks like Tom Cruise. I mean, he looks like Tom Cruise and Michael J. Fox.
0: (laughs) Right. He looks like Tom Cruise. He kind of acts like Indiana Jones. It's a princess movie and a musical and a romance, but it's also an action film. And then the final piece of the puzzle is like, yes, you have this massive, massive fucking movie star, which it's sometimes hard to even fully process how mammoth the 90s were for robin williams considering he'd already been famous for that long it was just a wild run he had for a couple years there and and then on top of that it's like this is the movie that kind of uh uh breaks jeffrey katzenberg into the like oh fuck we can make jokes that grown-ups find funny And then that like perverts his entire sensibility, and every movie becomes like, how do we get the comedian playing the?
1: Yes, yes. This is the thing. I think you're right, Griffin. Like, and I I love this movie. I feel like you're more mixed on this movie, but we were going to talk about it. I feel like you've referenced that in the past.
0: I look. This is. It's not a personal favorite of mine, but it's a movie that I look at, and I kind of cannot. Criticize. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's not the one that hits for me in that way, but I watch it and I'm like, it hits every single point so precisely. But I think some of my hesitations with it are that you see every bad lesson that is taken from it and applied to,
1: like, right. That's the thing. Which isn't this movie's fault at all. I think this movie is beautifully balanced, right? Like, I don't, but, but, right. But you see the seeds of not even Disney, but DreamWorks or whatever, like, everything. That follows an animation, right? Like, too much modern jokiness, too much emphasis on star power, right. too much emphasis on, like, action and boys. And, you know, I, yes. I, I think that's all here, even though it's not a problem here, I guess.
4: Right.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. The only thing about this movie, I had a friend um, who was my roommate for, I think, two years. And he was Persian. And I love a lot. i'm talking Mm -hmm. about like i used to work in a disney store me too what disney store did you work at i worked in i worked in dc well it was in virginia a place called pentagon city and they had this huge at the time it was like you went to like the second floor and like in the corner was this huge disney store yeah now mind you parents would just come and just drop their kids off like we were like a babysitter yes and they would climb the little plush mountain but they didn't know that it shelves so it hurts so anyway um, you know, and Latin was in the vault. My going away present when I was going to college was them giving me the Latin double disc DVD, wow. which I still own yeah. to this day as a go they somehow I guess they when it was out the vault a year ago, they had a couple in the back. Wow. They gave me one out the vault. Wow,
1: they opened the vault.
2: And my roommate Devin was like he wasn't allowed to watch it. Right. And I was like, "What do you mean, man? It's perfect." And he's like, "Well, the opening song is offensive." I was like, well, sure. I mean, yeah, they, they they talk about cutting off your hands. So, so I, I get it. Then he was like, well, also the cast, because Aladdin and Jasmine weren't people of color. I was like, okay. I mean, I know he was on Full House, but his voice sounds so perfect. I felt myself doing the thing. Right. Were you like, well, yeah, but come on. Like, uh, I love it, though. Right. That thing. And it was so hard because I'm like, you, he knows that movie on such a different level. So. Even though I hate to say I still love this movie because it has such a uh, uh, place in my heart. But like, damn, even thinking about Robin Williams playing that guy at the opening at the bazaar is like, Robin, you can't do that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: every single member of the cast of this movie is incredibly white. And it's funny because this is like what your podcast is about.
2: It is. And I like the movie.
0: I mean, for people who don't listen to Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood, which is great, you guys, you and... uh, uh, John Braylock and James III. Uh, yeah,
2: them other dudes. Them other dudes, but it's me.
0: Yeah, past and future guess. But you talk about representation in movies and try to explain the way it sort of like uh, codes our brains seeing these things on screen how they're depicted and who isn't depicted and all that sort of stuff. And this does also begin this period of, I feel like, you know, Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, you're still going into like, elemental fairy tales that every child knows to some degree. And then Aladdin is kind of like pulling together a couple different sort of Arabian myths, right? It's yeah, it's picking yeah, and choosing mm-hmm. a couple things.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, I have a lot to say about that, but yes, yes. I
0: yeah. bring it up because I, I feel like at this point, Disney starts to pivot into this sort of uh, a cultural tourism of every movie is not just like, here's the story, here's the... The fable, it's we have to go to this place, this land. It's about this culture. And I feel like they've spent the last 30 years every time going like, we understand that the last one had some blind spots. We really worked hard to try to get it accurate. Every (laughs) single one, they do the exact same thing where they're like, look, we went to the Middle East for
1: four days. We really did our research. Yes, it's like how they're like the Lion King. Finally, Disney salute to Africa. Like... I don't remember how that went over in
2: 94, but that would be bananas. Yeah. Everyone brings up like Lion King is like the black movie. And I was like, what? The one with the animals? Like, that's that's the one? I was like, first off, uh, Mufasa dies. And then Jonathan Taylor Thomas is is Simba. I was like, come on, man.
1: (laughs) But look, all right. Well, so I have a lot to say. For one, Gerard, one of my best friends when I was uh, very little was uh from iran and you know uh they i we, i had the exact same conversation it was when i was small when i was like seven Oh, i have
2: a small oh my god
1: i remember watching it on vhs with her and like she was a lot i think her family was like look the movie's fine but you should be aware like you know i think yeah, that's yeah. but i remember her telling me about it and i you know me you know naive seven-year-old being like oh i, I guess so i like you know had no concept of these things um the thing that blows my mind, cause yes, you watch Aladdin now and you're like, wow. Like, right. You know, of course, yeah. like Robin Williams yeah. kicking us <laughs> off with, they remade this movie in 2019 <sighs> and they basically got away with it. Guy Ritchie. And not that that movie doesn't have hosts of problems, but that movie came out in 2019. Guy Ritchie, a white British man directed Dude. it. Dude. How? Like, uh, you know, Will Smith is in it, you know, they, they had like this cast of color, but it was, it's not like they were drawing from middle Eastern actors or anything like that. They weren't, you know, they're pretty vague about all that. It came out, people didn't really like it and it was a huge hit and it made a ton of money and they're like, I made a casual billion dollars. Yes. And they're like, probably going to make a sequel or something. And like, I don't know, no one was like, Hey, this story that you told last time is this bizarre cultural mishmash. Like, they were just like, oh yeah, it's Aladdin again. Look, Aladdin. Oh, it's Aladdin. He's back, Prince Ali.
0: This speaks to the whole weird Disney cycle where it's like still, when Moana comes out, when uh, Coco comes out, when Soul comes out, when Princess and the Frog comes out, when Ryan and the Last Dragon comes out, there's always like the Disney self-generated. We want to explain to you how seriously we took the responsibility Of representing this culture, but I think people forget that they were doing that back in the 90s. Like, when you watched a Disney VHS, there was always the preview of whatever next year's Disney movie was going to be. I remember, They would have that trailer uh, that didn't even really have finished footage. You'd usually see, like, pencil tests, and a lot of it was the animators in their cubicle saying, like,
1: we worked really hard to
0: get the Serengeti right here we look, right, yeah. we drew a real lion.
1: It's always like a bald guy with glasses in a Hawaiian shirt. And right. he's like, Yeah, no, we went to China. We right. Mulan is gonna be. You're, you're like, Okay, okay. Right. And people
0: talk about like fucking like, you know, 2020, like cultural sensitivity. It's like that was 1992. White dudes being like, representation matters. We take the responsibility seriously. We're trying to tell this story correctly.
2: I, I we just reviewed, um, or it'll be out by the time this that We just reviewed Seoul and I had such a problem with it. Um, and like, I had such a problem with it and it was the racial component of it. Like, again, sure, like how you guys are doing the whole Disney, um, like the rise and fall of like, you know, the greatest era. To me, the movie that did it, did it in was Princess and the Frog. Um, we can get to that later because there were so many missed opportunities in that movie. But it's like, it's one of those things where um, not only do I think you need like, going to the Guy Ritchie part of it, That was such a mistake. And it felt like that mistake was doubled down because there are certain things that like, for instance, if I wanted to make a movie and I wanted to make it about something that is strictly like women related, like something that is like, yeah, I may be able to know, I may be able to have people come on and and counsel me, but there's so many intricacies to their everyday life that like, I don't know what it's like to be catcalled. You know what I mean? I don't know what it's like to feel uncomfortable Walking past Hmm. construction workers, like those are things I just innately don't know. So when I make that film, it won't be second nature to me to do it, you know. So I will need help. And when I think about Guy Ritchie and Latin, there's so many people who could make this movie, and they had a Bollywood number at the end. I was like, why did you do this? Why?
1: It is wild that yes, I forgot about that.
0: It's so bizarre. I also just think that cycle. It's so fascinating that it's like they were aware of these things the first time around when they were making these original films, right? Then the films become, like, beloved nostalgic classics for generations. And people are like, I know it's got problematic elements. I know the cultural stuff is this. I know the gender stuff is this. But come on, I love it, right? Then they announce that they're going to do a new live-action remake. And every time people are like... I mean, it feels a little dodgy. We all let the original pass. But if you do the same things again, we're all going to be harder. And they go, trust me, we understand we've we've put together a council. We have a council of sensitivity. They're looking at every single thing we do. We're really trying to she's going to have a new song and the song's going to be about the fact that she has a
1: song this time. She'll never be speechless. She'll never be speechless. You're never going to make her be speechless.
0: And then the movie comes out and then people go, yeah, still got a lot of the same problems. Weirdly, a lot of the things they did to try and negate the problems, highlighted them even more. The movie makes a casual billion dollars. Everyone forgets and then they just go back to liking the original more
2: then we get that sequel soon they're gonna make a sequel right? or supposedly i guess a they, billion you know. dollars right a billion a billion dollars that movie made like yep. before it got to like home downloads yes, all of it you know oh, yeah. blu-rays yeah. Before, yeah. Uh, right exactly yeah, just, smooth just, billion
0: just a quick <laughs> smooth casual offhand bill it was like a billion toft, tossed over the shoulder and for how long there was like six months of people being like This thing's going to be a fucking disaster. Look at these chunky genie memes. Like even just (laughs) when the casting announcements were coming out, people were losing their minds, and then everyone just kind of begrudgingly shrugged their shoulders, paid twenty dollars, gave them a billion,
1: and forgot about it. The the reviews were like, "This is bad, bad film." Yeah, they're like comes down F, and
2: people are like, "Yeah, but I I guess I'll just go see it." (laughs) But I have a theory on that now, though. (laughs) I think it's the same thing with some of like Netflix's. If you, I am obsessed with watching the Netflix top 10 in the US. Yeah. I am obsessed. Yeah. And when you look at it, it tells me the same thing as with this movie a lot. it's like, I don't think it matters whether or not it is, quote unquote, like a good story, blah, blah, blah. It's like, do people feel good watching it? Yeah. You know, do people feel like when they leave, are they excited? Are they like, ah, do they have that smile on their face? And I think that's what this movie did. Like, I didn't like it, but I got to watch a Latin with Will Smith yes. and wore a hoodie. Yeah, so, you, you
0: know what the, the live-action Disney remakes largely feel like to me now? They feel like when there are those unlicensed uh, uh, themed pop-up bars where it's like, Here It's an Aladdin-themed bar, and you're like, look, it's like legally they can't call it an Aladdin-themed bar. It's called like Genie's Final Wish or something, and they're (laughs) dodging around a lot of the copyrighted material. But it's like fun to stand in a room that feels like this movie I like, and I'm drinking a drink, and it's blue, and they're playing the soundtrack, and my friends and I are having a good night. And mostly what it serves to do is makes you want to rewatch the original film. And I saw someone post this on our Reddit because we always talk about this phenomenon of like movies that don't exist. Movies that just like somehow came out, got a big release. Some of them were even successful and just have no lasting cultural legacy. And in a certain way, the Disney live action remakes are the ultimate movies that don't exist because they're like these huge phenomenons that pop up and then everyone, it just mostly serves to remind them of how much they love the original thing. And especially now that everything is just on Disney Plus, it's like, it's so hard to imagine the circumstances where someone pulls up the Guy Ritchie Aladdin instead of the animated Aladdin if they're both available on the same platform for the same price. And I like, whatever it was, two, three months into lockdown, searching through Disney+, Plus trying to keep my mind occupied, was like, I never saw the Guy Ritchie Aladdin in theaters. I just had so little interest. I might as well watch it now. And I made it an hour in, and after I got to like the friend-like-me number, maybe I made it to Prince Ali, I was just like, I'd really rather be watching the animated one. Yeah. And I just I wish I was I turned bigger. it off and I watched the animated one. I watched the animated one that's, twice in lockdown. That's, and-
1: a, that's a thing you have at home that you couldn't have in the theater. This right. is the insidiousness yeah. of the right. at yes.
4: experience. At yes. the theater,
1: I'll sit down, I'll eat my popcorn. Yeah. I'll watch Will Smith do right. his best in this shitty movie.
2: Yo, and it's, what I'm going to tell you was so frustrating about that is that when you watch, I saw, I saw the live action one. Um, in theater, uh, me, and my girlfriend, her brother went, and like, I'm hyped. I mean, because mm-hmm. it's a lot, no matter what. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? They're going to do, it's not going to be, the, in my mind, I'm like, it's not going to be the exact same thing. Will Smith is going to do a hip hop version of A Friend Like Me. Yeah. Right? So that's what I'm thinking. We get to it in the in the theater, the scene, and it's just the old one. But then when the credits roll, the music starts playing a hip hop version yeah. of A Friend True. Like Me. And I was like, why did you not play the DJ Khaled? Didn't have the guts. Didn't have, like the guts. Me? Didn't have the guts. Didn't have the guts.
1: They didn't want to mess with it too much. I feel like that's the thing with all these remakes. Yeah. They're like, ah, but we can't fuck with it too much.
2: It's such a good song. That's the only way to make it work. Like, to me, it's like we keep taking these liberties, and it's like, I do love the stuff that they added with Jasmine, but then I was like, we didn't update Aladdin in any way. Like, he, he, matter of fact, had less screen time than he did in the other one. I'm like, what? And when you watch the, the original animated one, to me, what was so cool about it is that, you know, I'm from D.C. I'm from uh, the area of Southeast D.C. It's not like, at the time, it wasn't like the best area. So seeing a Latin and this kid, you know, who was broke, you know, a street rat, yeah. get, this, get everything. You know, he wasn't super cool, but he kind of was cool. Had a crush on a girl out of his league, you know, had one friend who was mm-hmm. weird. He has one move. What move. Do you trust me?
1: he says do you trust me and he rolls an apple down his arm those are those are his entire romantic yes that's it
2: baby do you trust me and it's like and it's hard because to see that for me like that was the most important part it it wasn't the i guess the racial component which i think that probably was more important for other people but it was like the fact that this kid had nothing and he ends as a prince like whenever does the dude get that stuff you know like it's usually like The young girl gets to become a prince, but I'm like, the guy can fantasize about a thing out of his league, and he got it. He beat the bad guy, you know what I mean? With his wits. Right, I mean, you always talk about, like,
0: charting in in movies with, uh, you know, uh, POC leads, like, who ends up defeating the big bad? And how often in movies where you have a black lead the white sidekick ends up being the one who gets the final shot in, you know? There's that weird sort of like, and Aladdin really is in control of this narrative the entire time. And it is interesting. I mean, the way you put it like that, you're like, on a sociological character level, this character is kind of a breakthrough for movies at that point. But also, they treat the Middle East like it's Oz. Like it's just, I think when you're a kid, if you're not from... This background, you don't even register the idea that what they're doing could be insensitive or offensive because it's just like it's well, a land of a fictional land, right? Yeah, right. It yeah. feels so disconnected from reality. Which, of course, if that's your heritage, you go, "How dare they take my actual land and turn it into a fucking cartoon?" This is so disconnected.
1: It's an <laughs> right? Right. Uh, there's there's a moment in the remake, and we have to stop talking about the remake.
0: Yes, we're getting um, out of the way.
1: Um that uh that where they um have like a map like an actual map and you see like Agriba, like with borders and stuff and i'm like i don't think we can do this i don't think we need to get into what the supposed geography is here let's just let's just not worry about this please
2: listen i'm not gonna lie to you i'm when we like when we finally move over to the animated one i just want to put the disclaimer i do know all the problems with it culturally But when I talk about this movie, it has such a warm place in my heart. So people, listeners, don't kill me. I know the problems, but I just love the movie because I'm going to gush over it.
1: I think this is very popular
2: uh, film with people. (laughs) Like, I'm going to gush over it. I got to.
0: Yeah, it's the weirdness of this era of Disney movies in particular, too, where it's just like... We did this gushy episode about Little Mermaid and we acknowledged the fact that the movie's literally about the lead character being mute and having no agency for the second half. And a guy falling madly head over heels in love with a teenager, despite her not having any personality or ability to speak.
2: Beauty and the Beast is Stockholm Syndrome. Like she falls in love with a big animal, dude.
0: Right, no, and and a big part of that is that like these stories originally you know, as, as fables were meant to be like moral tales to teach children lessons about difficult things, and then it's of course the thing that everyone knows where Disney comes in and they're like, sand that edge a little bit, put this in the middle, turn that into a joke. Add this song, baby. <laughs> right, right, but you can't really get the inherent qualities of what the tale's supposed to be about out of it.
2: I mean... I have to ask you guys this right now. Do take us to the animated one. Do I have a favorite song from from the animated? I have I have one, and I think it's controversial. I feel like we disagree on this, right, David? We
1: briefly touched on this. Well, look, I I, I like all the songs except for a Whole New World, which I think is a stinker. Um, and kind <laughs> of uh the, the 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 beginning of the bad wow. ballad. Wow. Oh, the Grammy winning. It's a Mencken Rice rather than a Mencken Ashman. And it kind of shows, in my opinion. But no, my favorite is Prince Ali. That is my
2: slightly, I suppose, controversial favorite. Are you with me? That is my, that is my second favorite. My first favorite, but that's my second. It's up there. No, but it's up there. My first one is Jump Ahead, the very first song Aladdin does. I,
1: t- I, look, so this, I love that song. Uh it, it's so funny One jump
2: ahead of the bread line. It's so okay. good. It's okay. It's
0: also just such a good musical song. It's like it any anyone can say that opening line and feel like you're on Broadway. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yes. Like one jump. Yes. You just have to get it the right <laughs> energy. One jump. Yep. It does for, feel like for. something
2: you would
1: you would audition
0: with. And also he stole bread. He stole bread. <laughs> But he gives it to the kids. I mean, this is that's the other thing with this movie is this is one of those movies where it's just like this is like how to structure a screenplay so that the audience is entertained the entire time. Like Every time it makes the perfect screenwriting book decision without feeling totally mechanical and lifeless. But it is just like so it's it's the exact algorithm for keeping an audience on a character's side for 90 minutes.
1: But Ben, Ben, I I do want to bring you in because this is a right because like do you. I assume you, you like Aladdin. We were talking about it off mic. You you enjoyed watching the film. It reminded you of your youth, yes? Yeah, absolutely.
2: But, but... <laughs> I'm scared. Okay, so he's a street rat. He, he,
1: he's a scumbum, kind of, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. He's pulling scams. He's got a pet monkey who's his best friend, which feels like a real Ben... That feels, feels something you would like, yeah. but or, yeah. but is he too clean cut for you? You know, too too a little too chiseled. Like I don't know. No, come on, Aladdin's urchin... the full package,
3: man. He's the full package. He okay. lives on the street. He lives in no, really, he lives in an abandoned building. Which, like, as a kid, I was like, you can do that, a squatter, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: And he's like, I have a view of the palace. What and a I'd great be like, view! Every <laughs> yeah. home has a view of the palace. <laughs> it is the entire sky. But carry on.
3: But no I love I love this movie I think Aladdin Is The everyman But Is Charismatic But not I don't know Like I just like I usually hate Princes and clean cut good guys, but he's like gritty, you know?
0: Well, it is that funny thing, like how consciously they not just physically modeled it after Tom Cruise, but that was sort of the studio note is like Aladdin should be like a Tom Cruise character. But they actually kind of found a way to improve upon the Tom Cruise character by making him a lot more vulnerable because at this point in Tom Cruise he's still in the just all I do is win I'm invincible I'm like a fucking shark
2: I smile every five seconds right I think you're right he was Mm -hmm. I think the cool thing about Aladdin is that Aladdin had a lot to overcome but also he has so many moments of getting like knocked down and embarrassed like when he literally gets kicked in the mud um, you he, ta- know. he takes L's that's the yeah, thing he takes right. so many L's and you understand why he lies like w- one side though is like I I when I used to live in New York and I remember being in the park I physically I, I ran into the cast of Aladdin um, they were in Bryant Park like warming up with some crazy shit the
0: Broadway cast you're saying the Broadway the Broadway yeah. cast yeah not the voice actors from Aladdin 20 years no. later all just well,
2: well well I saw it when the Jafar from the animated yes, right. movie, he played Jafar on Broadway. Yeah, which is so cool. I got So my roommates at the time surprised me for my birthday. He took me to see the Broadway version, and he was there. So it was wow. the real Jafar. Yeah, that rules.
1: Uh, his name, Jonathan
2: Freeman. Yeah. I didn't know Jafar was white until I saw it. I was like, oh, man, interesting they got this dude. And they're like, he's the real Jafar. I was like,
0: yeah. say what? I, th- I think
1: literally every
2: <laughs> cast member, right? I mean, is there a true... It's all, every every right. single one except for the singing voice of Jasmine. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Rodley
2: right. Salonga, of course, yeah. was, was yeah. Jasmine you scene, know, Absolute fucking legend.
0: But even like the smaller roles, there's that weird factor to this movie where you watch it, and now every single part in an animated film is some known face actor and this outside of the five main leads it's like oh that's frank welker that's rob paulson like you recognize all the voices of the small under five characters as being like that guy was on ninja turtles he was on ducktales like they're all 90s cartoon voices you recognize and they're all playing like four characters
2: i mean i love that like i i you know every time you get like a voiceover audition it's like oh man it's so fun to do but then I think about, man, are they just going to get like a famous person and then just add auto-tune to their voice yeah. to make it sound different? <laughs> Every time I, I watched um, Pets, Pets, I Secret think Pets. Secret Life of Pets? Secret Life of Pets. Yeah. With my little cousin and like a little chipmunk or something on there is like Kevin Hart and his voice is pitched up. Yeah. And I'm like, this again, I love Kevin Hart, but I'm like, you could have got Randy from down the street who does a really cool... Yeah, squeaky voice. Yeah, You know what I mean? Because when you're a kid, you just wanted to be fun. You well, know? I
0: mean, I th- I think I've I've shared this anecdote on the show before, but like years ago, Ben helped me with an audition for Scoob, the, the Scooby-Doo oh, reboot yeah. that ended up coming out last year. Because at that point in time, they were like, we really want a new direction. We want a new Scoob. We want like a young comedian to be Scoob. And so they were like, don't feel like you have to sound like the cartoon. Really make it your own. And then you look at sides that go like, rut-row raggy, we're in rubble. And you're like, there's no other way to say this that sounds right. You just either do a Scooby impression or you fail. And if I'm going to do a Scooby impression, it won't be as good as the guy who plays Scooby, just hire him. And then unsurprisingly, they hired four new stars to play the Meddling kids and brought back Frank Welker to play Scooby because they want fucking Scooby to sound like Scooby.
1: And of course, Frank Welker is in Aladdin. Yes. As a boo.
0: Yes, he's a boo. Frank Welker, a a, a king of voice acting, but like his real competitive advantage is he can do fucking any animal so he does a lot of full dialogue talking characters he was like fucking megatron on transformers
2: what i didn't know that he's He's got insane
0: range he's been fred on scooby-doo since the beginning of scooby-doo since the 60s yes for 50 plus years so he's fred and Scoob. Well, Yes, and then he took over Scoob like in the last 15, 20 years. Uh, wow. So
1: in this movie, I wanna, I wanted to give him full credit. He is Abu, he is Raja, and he is the Cave of Wonders.
2: This he's is what I'm saying. Oh, he's the Cave of Wonders? Right. So like,
0: A, outside of the five main actors, they're just bringing in these pros and going like, pick four roles, which ones can you do? But Frank Welker's this guy where anytime there's an animal, they're like, just get Welker, he can do. If a, if a fucking panther has two growls, Welker knows how to make that different than a lion.
2: Wow. I'm looking him up right. Wow. And Garfield.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's Garfield now. Yeah. Is he Garfield now? He's Garfield now.
1: Aladdin, the film Aladdin, Disney's Aladdin, directed by Ron Clements, John Musker, written by them, and Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio who are like the kings of 90s screenwriting. This is their launching pad.
0: Right. They had one movie before this. Right, little
1: monsters. Uh, right, the, oh, right. Uh, the Fred, Fred Savage, Savage movie. movie.
2: But love this but yeah, launches after them after
1: this. Yeah, right. They're they're the problem. I mean, I I love a lot of their scripts. Yeah. But you know they wrote Shrek. Like you know they're they're kind of the thing they wrote they were Shrek. Complaining about they did. Yeah. But it's the interesting thing where like
0: Shrek had been in development for so long, and it's so clear that Katzenberg like brought them in and was like, "Can you turn Shrek into Aladdin? Like, can you Aladdinize?" Exactly track but they also it's like this is one of the first times i feel like disney brings in outside live action screenwriters in a major way
1: they become katzenberg's guys right because they worked on so many dreamworks movies like they uh,
0: they go back and forth because they also do the the pirates of the caribbean franchise they do do they did mask of zorro yeah they do mask of zorro Um, right
1: uh but they did small soldiers they yes. did uh, The Road to El Dorado, which is another movie where they're like, can we Aladdin this up? Can it yeah. be about, yeah, like, bros sure. having adventures? Yeah. They did, um, uh, what else did they do? I, th- I think they did passes on National Treasure, right? Yeah. But maybe they're not. I mean, yeah. they've
0: done passes on 8,000 Right, there's a zillion,
1: Right, yeah. yeah. One of them got super weird, and I can't remember which one it is. It's Terry Rossio became an anti-vaxxer.
2: <sighs> That's what it is. Like, never meet your heroes, man. Like it is a thing where I am scared to tell people. I, this is a this is a real bit. When I bring up things from my childhood, I am legit scared to talk about it because I don't know if I you don't, don't want some know guy if something like, happened. Like, ah. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if the movie meant something or like like you know. I am a big fan of all that, and the guy who created all of those shows yeah. apparently was like really mean and got fired in a really bad way. I'm like, I don't know how to talk about shit. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, it, it is
0: like, it, there's, there's nothing that isn't loaded. But now, you know, James 3rd has James gone in and cleaned up all that. Everything's fine in the kingdom of all
2: that. I mean, listen, he did. He did. I watched, I've, I've seen every episode of all that because of James III. Um, I saw it when I was younger, but I've seen them all as an adult. And when you're watching that as an adult, you're like, oof, man. Some things, like, again, t- jokes... In the last five years, I are different uh, than they are now yeah, yeah. i just
1: want I just want to remember all that
2: fondly i can't yes do that. I can't yeah. yes, it is uh, hard, yeah uh, but this but this movie I remember uh when I think when a Latin original one came out, I know you don't like it, I remember a whole new world because I remember mm-hmm. um I, it's okay, I just whatever. no it, care it's care. it's not my favorite song from the movie no. at all, but it is that song was the, it was the first time I knew what a movie soundtrack was, and I think at the time. Disney would release, um, not the, not the the movie that came in that little plastic opening case, but they released Disney sing along VHS's. Yes, yes, we've, mm-hmm. This is the
0: second mm-hmm. episode we've talked about this in. It's it's, it's such an important. important piece of this era.
2: It is, and I could never find the Aladdin sing along. Mm. Never, never could find it. And I was like, I want to sing because because I remember um, there's this this guy in my school could sing, and I thought I could sing, and he sang. <laughs> A Whole New World to one of the girls in the class. And I was like, Pfft. I am mean, I can learn it. And I never could find it to learn it. Craig. Craig, man. That, that's
0: another part of this, David, is I agree with you. Like, uh, Whole New World's maybe my least favorite song in this movie and my least favorite mm-hmm. of the major ballads of this era. But a part of it, too, is just like, I just feel like this song was done to death. I mean, we'll get it was, to yeah. it. It became yeah. the...
1: Middle school prom, as as we talk about in the movie, but like
0: when we got, when I actually got to watching the sequence when it happened in the film, it's hard to process the song earnestly now.
1: I I don't disagree with that. I think Can You Feel the Love Tonight is a worse ballad. I I don't think this is the worst ballad. Hmm. Agreed. Um, Agreed. (laughs) This kind of just originates that kind of treacly mid movie ballad thing and whatever. And also, that always became the Oscar winner, which was weird.
0: Right, right. A, it was annoying that they always gave the Oscar to that one. And B, there's also the thing where it's like, "Uh, this song feels like it's half designed to play in a musical, half designed to be an adult contemporary cover that can chart on
1: billboard. Like That's, there's that. It thing. Sounds, yeah. It, yes. It right. sounds yes. like that. Uh, I remember actually liking it in the Guy Ritchie one, uh, that, that, which is a weird opinion, but, or maybe it is. Yeah. I
2: remember, dude. I remember kind of being like, Oh, this is nice. Um, but anyway, I mean, Prince Ali is a great song, yeah. especially when he goes, let me see the monkeys. Let's see the monkeys. <laughs> Prince Ali is
1: Prince Ali. The bass. The bass is absolutely out of control. It's the coolest song. I mean, Joe, my brother Joey worked as an usher at the Broadway Aladdin, oh, wow. um, which uh, has fa- a famously large amount of costume changes. I've never seen it. Um, and I remember him saying, like, I remember, remember when the, the the trailer for the remake dropped, the for the teaser or whatever, and it was just the, the Be My Guest, the, I'm not Be My Guest, Jesus, a so friend like me, the. right Right. like that was like the whole it was just like shots of of the lamp
0: you barely saw anything else yeah
1: and joey was like it's like that when you're at the theater that's enough like people get so excited just by that like bare bit of score like it's so pavlovian for everybody well do you
0: remember the there was the beauty and the beast teaser that was just uh, the camera circling the rose in the case Mm -hmm. yeah and it was just Mm -hmm. the uh uh, whatever score
2: it, was, it uh, was like it was like the teacup or something that you end up seeing, but you just hear be our guest, right? Right,
0: right. But they just yeah. played like the strains of one of the so I don't remember if it was the na 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 or it was the beginning part or whatever. But it was like they put it up. It was 15 seconds long. It just had a shot of a CGI rose and the piano keys, and it was in 24 hours the most viewed trailer of all time. People were just like, put it direct. Let me freebase right. this. <laughs> inject it under my armpits. I need this.
2: It's that joy, man. Like again, like even thinking of Aladdin, like because I I am one of those people. All I need to hear is da, 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 that's all I need. Like when 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 I watched the animated one and I and I watched it again um, for this podcast. And the moment, the moment the, the camera like once the guy goes away, the camera like goes into Agrabah, I'm in it. Like I am full fledged in it, and you. And you see Aladdin running like I, guys, come on. Come on. All right. That dude is trying to kill him. Do we remember that? That guard (laughs) is trying to kill this boy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They've all got swords.
0: Am I I correct, David, in thinking and remembering? Hmm. It's Ashman who pitches
1: Aladdin first. This is what I wanted to get into. So Howard Ashman, Mm. who I think had he lived would have become, like, essentially a honcho at Disney, right? Yeah. He would have just been the creative lead. Yeah, Because it's so obvious, after these first couple hits, it's just like, yeah, yeah, this, this, you know, if Katzenberg is your producer, Ashman will be the creative officer, right? Like, because he was full of ideas.
0: Yeah, and, and had such an active hand in the shaping of the story on all these movies and the characterization, and just to give the quickest sort of brief for people... Uh, but everyone should watch the Howard documentary on Disney Plus. Uh, right, we
1: we mentioned it, I think.
0: But on, uh, uh, Little Mermaid's the, Mermaid's the first one. Yeah. Right after he wins the Oscar, he tells Alan Menken his writing partner that he has AIDS. He finishes yeah. all of Beauty and the Beast. He does about half the work on Aladdin before he passes away.
1: The, the, wow. So here's that's the thing. I mean, he the, the thing is he's been working on Aladdin pretty much concurrently with the Little Mermaid. Beauty and the Beast is a a a salvage job that that Katzenberg taps them in he's like can you fix this entire movie they bring him in as like a Um, surgeon right right really fast like you know and like they brought the movie to him as the Howard documentary which is great Uh, you know uh, sort of explains like he basically went to Katzenberg. He's like, I can't fly. I can't go to California. And he's like, fine, we'll, we'll just bring everything to New York, like whatever works. Right, they
0: built a studio in this guy's house as he was like in his final right. months of living. But he got half of this movie done pretty much.
1: Which is one reason that Beauty and the Beast has all these wonderful Broadway talents, you know, Jerry yeah. Orbach and uh, Angela Lansbury and all that. Um, but so, but yeah, Aladdin, as you could like, because like in that documentary, you see like, he was in like a stage production of Aladdin when he was a kid. Like it's clearly like just a thing he's always loved. It's got that kind of, you know. There's an old British pantomime of Aladdin that's like really popular. Like that, it's like I assume that's what it was. Like a sort of very campy, uh, adventurous story that he wanted mm-hmm. to do, and he he was pitching this kind of like, you know, Crosby and Hope, right? Like you know, or whatever. Like a, an old-fashioned musical comedy. Right. With like some thief of Baghdad, right? Like Make
0: make Genie Cab Calloway. I mean, I think he was really comedy forward. He pitches it. He does his 40 page treatment. They pass on it. Uh, Eisner and Katzenberg say, can you please come in and fix Beauty and the Beast instead? Then Linda Wolverton, who was a Disney story person, is the main credited writer on Beauty and the Beast, among others uh looks at that in the pile throws in a lot of the more kind of classical adventure elements the thief of baghdad and all that sort of stuff she expands upon it so then musker and clements are sort of like given the chance to pick what their next project is from a large pile
1: right they have three choices do you know what the three choices were
0: uh i do not tell me what they were aladdin uh-huh swan lake
1: which i guess they've never done but has always been mauled.
0: Yeah. new line essentially did it they did that swan princess movie yeah
1: right right and and then a movie called king of the jungle which is the original title of the lion king and like you know it had, yeah. had also been cooking yeah and they pick aladdin at that point ashman has died like essentially like yeah. uh or is about to die and has written i think well, he wrote a lot of songs because a lot of the songs that he wrote are not in the movie, like "Proud of Your Boy" and "Humiliate the Boy." All these weird yes. other songs, Some All of these songs that started the...
0: violent all right movements. Yes,
1: well,
2: uh,
0: not yeah, his I fault, think... not his fault, but his insane, fault. insane that that's insane. the origin
1: of this shit. How yeah. how quick they forget is another one. Like there's one mm-hmm. called "High Adventure." There's all these demos that he has. The movie, the ones he wrote that survive, are Arabian Nights. Friend like me. Uh, Friend like me. Prince Ali. uh, You know, uh, that's it. I'm pretty sure. Because one jump ahead is Tim Rice, as is A Whole New World. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Um, So, Aladdin, right? But it's just sort of crazy to think about it. It's this sort of like tail end project from this passion project from this dead genius who, like, just tragically
2: passed.
0: It's kind of like his AI, except if Kubrick had
2: only made two movies when he was alive. I had no idea of this, any of this. And the
1: bananas thing is that Musker and Clements write a screenplay or whatever. They Mm -hmm. they give it to Katzenberg in, this is the timing, April 1991. This film comes out November 1992. Yeah, insane. And Katzenberg is like, I hate this. I think (laughs) this is stupid rewrite the uh, rewrite the whole thing and yeah. his most famous line is 86 the mother the mother's a zero uh there because the Aladdin's mom was a major part i think uh-huh. of the original story that's what proud wow. of your boy is her song yeah and like and he was he like boom get the get the mom the fuck out of here who cares that was this
0: whole thing so he had a mom and the mom had the song about how proud she was of him and they cut the song because the mom was like an unneeded story element and it has been reclaimed this is the only Energy we're going to spend talking about this, but it has been reclaimed by the Proud Boys because they view it as they cut that song out of the movie because Disney doesn't want boys to feel proud of themselves. Which is. Wait, 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 wait. Is this real? Is this this what a Proud Boy. The name Proud Boys comes from a song deleted from aladdin that no is how way. bananas no our world way. is
1: i swear to you i believe griffin it is in the broadway production right it they is. did bring it back i think for yes anyway.
0: i think that's how they became aware of it and then got I angry that's correct. and said like are what? you
2: i swear these to you. people walking around yes. with guns they're, they're yes, they should, from a they like disney yeah animated about,
0: film right they're like disney neutered aladdin because they don't want boys to be proud of themselves so, wow! So, yeah.
1: so to swerve away from this conversation. Yeah, we'll never talk about it ever again. Um, oh, my God. Yes. So Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio come. <laughs> we live in, in a simulation. They kick, they kick the mom out. They give Princess Jasmine a little more to do. I think she was mm-hmm. a little more static as a character before. Maybe, you know, they, I think they bring in like she wants to escape the palace. you yeah. right. They give her more. And I just I just want to
0: recircle. I, I know we've already established this, but at this point in time, like the people who work in animated films are Animated films, people, right? Like the screenwriters of animated films tend to be people who have animation backgrounds. It's voice actors, it's all that sort of shit. The idea of hiring in like two hotshot young live action screenwriters to come in and fix a screenplay is also kind of unprecedented at this point.
1: Well, the, the, this is my favorite edit that they make. Iago is like a class, is a British butler type. Mm-hmm. That's how he's written. And they're like, we just saw Beverly Hills Cop 2. Gilbert Gottfried's really funny in that. Let's just make Iago Gilbert Gottfried. What do you think? Like, we'll just have Iago have that energy. Uh, Like, that's the kind of shit there that they're that, like, and that kind of zazzing is eventually going to be a problem for animated movies. Yes. I don't think it's a problem here. I think Iago's the best. Iago, guys, he really makes me laugh. He's really funny.
0: I was so ready for Iago to be a grading element, and it is incredible he that kinda, every Iago line still lands. It's still funny. I'm
2: malting! I'm first off, Iago. Uh, listen, I'm gonna say how deep my Latin is goes. I used to own Return of Jafar. Of course. Iago gets his own song, oh. and it's him. Leaving, is this breakup song with Jafar?
1: Return of the Far, Jafar is a lot of Iago in my memory. He, very Iago heavy.
2: Yeah. Iago is the lead. It's like this funny character, right. is the funny character. It's like, let's just have the story revolve around him trying to prove he's a good guy. Right,
0: and because they lose Robin Williams. They're like, yes, Gottfried's yeah. our comedy quarterback now. He's the right, guy who's right. going to rack
2: <laughs> up points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. He's going to run the comedy offense. Right, right. <laughs> you're right, because yeah. I'm thinking about it. Uh, Genie isn't even in it that much. You're right. Because right. he, cause cause he didn't want to do Williams. it. It was
0: like right. it was dollar store Genie. They didn't want to make wow. people too aware of the fact they didn't have. Him. By the way, we're doing Return Jafar on Patreon just so people know. Look out for that.
2: Yeah, look out. That's look it. out. I had it. I hate to be. Yo, he's got some good songs. I got to sing that song on um, Patreon. That's a good song. Oh, yeah i Um, hate that i know all these songs her. no no but that's the other weird thing
0: i mean like you talk about Uh, williams in this movie being like the first major movie star uh you know in an animated film this kind of way especially with the marketing department being built around it which is its own little controversy but beyond that it's not just that like oh they got a major a-list star to be a voice in this movie it's that like Genie isn't played by Robin Williams. Genie is Robin Williams. Yeah. Like that calculation too of let's just take Robin Williams' comedic persona and allow yeah. him just sort of like the authorship of this part of the movie.
2: Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, do you know, all right, so
1: go ahead. No, I go go facts. ahead you right, guys,
2: right. no, you guys have the cool facts. I feel like I'm well. I'm, the, I'm learning so, so obviously, much. right?
1: I think it's widely known. Right, Robin Williams. He he did the project for Scale, and he was like, "Please don't." Lean on my image and don't market the character, right? Like this was the deal he tried to cut. His
0: thing was he had already agreed to do Fern Gully and Fern Gully was like a charitable donation of like, I care about environmental issues. I'll be your wacky bat. And Fern Gully was going to come out at the same time. And he also had toys that was going to come out the same time.
1: Toys is the one that was coming out at the same time that he was worried about it. Right, yeah, about it overwhelming Uh... Toys, which I guess it probably did. I mean, Toys was a bomb.
0: He wanted Fern Gully to have some specialness about it being like a big first Robin Williams voice and Toys was going to be in theaters at the same time. He said, I'll do it. But, like, there were all these contingencies of, like, you can't put my name above the poster. You can't put it in the trailers. The genie character can't be bigger than any other characters in the marketing. You can't oh, make they merchandise. Did the they did all of it. They told him to they, go they fuck himself. They did all. They said yes. They looked him in the eyes. They shook his hand and then just broke every single promise. Wow. Well,
1: the other thing is, and I, I'm sure this is how, you know, like, I'm sure someone looked him in the eyes, but Disney is this big you know, company where like yeah. there's no way the marketing department is like, oh, oh you promised him. Yeah, sure. We yeah. won't have the genie toys. Right. Yeah, well, we'll cut those. But also the poster is
0: literally like framed by genie, like holding the poster. It it's is. like him going like, welcome to my movie. And he was like, the character cannot be more than five percent of the poster. And they like made a border of this guy. Dude. He was that movie to
1: me. Yeah, of course. But do you guys know about how they tried to appease him? How they tried to apologize? No. No. They gave him, they sent him a Picasso painting worth (laughs) millions of dollars. Like to, to be like, we're so sorry. How about, how about this masterpiece? Take a quick Picasso. We'll we'll flip you a Picasso. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. He already
0: owned one he had the same
1: one. no already. it was a a self-portrait of the artist as vincent Van Gogh. I, I i which i i'm reading this verbatim i don't you know but I just imagine that whatever uh-huh. that is and it clashed with his decor so he wasn't into it so it did not repair the relationship <laughs> oh my
2: goodness also why not just give him the money
1: i know Yeah, just why not give just me, give him like a million bucks
2: me, <laughs> yeah give me hey this movie made 200 something 300 something million dollars Slip me five million yeah. real but, quick. But that's the wild thing. Not only is he
0: like, fuck you. I'm not doing Return of Jafar. I'm not doing any live action Disney movies either. Like get ready to right. not have Disney wow. films in your portfolio. He gets paid like 50 times more for the third direct-to-video movie, for yes. uh, what is it, Aladdin and the King of Thieves? The King of Thieves. They get him back for King of Thieves. They record all of the dialogue with Dan Castellaneta, voice of Homer Simpson, who played Genie and returned Jafar. Then they brokered a deal with Williams at the last second. He redubbed all the dialogue when animation was done, and they paid him like five
1: million dollars. And he got like what? I mean, he got like twenty-five thousand for Aladdin. It's Seventy-five thousand. The other thing was Katzenberg was gone. Yeah katzenberg had left
0: right katzenberg was gone that's why they agreed to do it because he, he blamed katzenberg it. directly
1: right and joe roth was in charge and he organized some sort of public groveling to williams to you know make amends or they whatever. made him so a disney was,
0: legend they gave him millions of dollars to make
1: right, a direct-to-video exactly. movie they, they, yeah. look they gave him his own cave of wonders like they've got <laughs> wait, a lot of stuff wait, they wait, can wait. do
2: are y'all telling me that aladdin Mm-hmm. genie in a latin robin williams was paid seventy five thousand yeah. dollars.
0: yeah and he was like look i'll do it for scale if you don't blank 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 and they were like cool right.
2: guess what everybody we got
0: robin williams for seventy five thousand dollars. slap it on the poster dude that is
2: evil that yeah. i didn't know it was that i thought you know half the time like actors complain about stuff it's like oh i got paid him three million but i should have got six i didn't realize he wow and that movie made almost half a billion dollars yeah and this is like rob
0: williams who's out. already been a star for like 15 years at this point wow that is that is you
3: guys okay. stop ruining this movie for draw <laughs> come on oh my
1: goodness thank you thank you <laughs> no man. it's fine every movie is you know there's no ethical consumption of the capitalism they are, oh, they're all my bad.
2: god that is that is that is evil like that is whew.
1: It's probably also given the tight turnaround that we're talking about, mm-hmm. given the fact that they kind of junked the script, you know, uh, w- with like a little more than a year out. I'm sure it was one of those classic hot house. You know, they made it under mm-hmm. really compressed conditions. It doesn't look like it. It's a gorgeous movie. I love the character animation in Aladdin so much. I love the whole it's got this sort of Al Hirschfeld, right? The big rounded yeah. faces and, you know the geometric like everyone's the sort of like a a weird shape like the sultan's this little squat thing and jafar is this big tall skinny thing like i love that like i love how it looks it's a great movie it's fucking hilarious Glenn keen who we've already talked about who's like the secret
0: all-star pitcher within disney animation at this point who they never let direct a film but he's still the supervising animator on this one and then eric goldberg is the main animator on genie Because at this point in time, Pixar sort of changes the workflow and Brad Bird changes the workflow with Iron Giant. But at this point in time, animation is mostly done by like a team is assigned to each character and you have a team working on performance and then the supervising anime makes sure the things all kind of fit together. So Goldberg's in charge of Genie, which I think is just kind of like a bravura revolutionary piece of work in character animation.
1: Absolutely. But I I love it all. Like I love... Jafar how still he is right like you know like his weird physicality like I all of the character animation in this is so good.
2: Do y'all know why Jafar's face and neck are two different colors? That's one thing I always never could figure Hmm. out was like was he wearing something
1: I'm Google. I think he's wearing something. He's got yeah. like, yeah. He's because he's got the yellow, you're, you're like a sort of golden colored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 part of his like you know robes. Oh, or... It's a high
0: okay. collar, I guess it must be. Yes, yeah.
1: yes. Because he's supposed to look like super right. Like everything about him is tight because he's sort of like yeah. holding all this yeah. you know uh, nastiness in.
2: He's real snake like. He's real snake like. Yeah. He's like slender. Like his face has a like it comes to a point a little bit his whole
1: characterization was originally much more like a irritable kind of fussy guy. And they were like, no, he should be scary. Like we need to, I love it. You know, we need to sort of make him a little more menacing.
2: This movie does do the, um, uh, Star Wars thing. Which one is it? Um, Empire Strikes Back. Well, all of a sudden the bad guy just puts the female lead into a hot outfit for no reason. Like at the end, Jafar just puts her in a red outfit.
1: (laughs) When I was talking about this movie with some of my friends, multiple women uh, in my life
2: Why? said that
1: this movie was a, a huge movie for them in terms of uh, just, just thinking about things on a different level. Formative is the word yes. that multiple yes. people in texts use about the Jafar puts Jasmine in an hourglass uh, sequence. Yes. had not thought about it in this way before, but I just want to shout all of that out. I just want to mention it.
0: It, it is a little less staid than a lot of the Disney <laughs> exactly. human films are. They're usually a little more prim and proper. And this one has a little saucier energy. And also Aladdin showing chest the entire
2: time. He is. Oh, yeah. Parachute time. pants hanging loose. <laughs> They're hanging loose. At one point, that, that same scene, Jasmine salters over to seduce Jafar. And I'm like, this whole thing is wild. Yeah. And then also what's so funny about the line, okay, not talking about the old one again, but the fact that he went from being shirtless to wearing a hoodie in the live action, I was yeah. like, why did put this boy in a hoodie? Did he? Now I'm, now I'm
1: looking that up. I'm looking at this. He has like, it's that. a hood. It's a yeah. hoodie.
2: It's a yeah, hoodie. he has
1: a whole thing. Right, I'm seeing it. I guess he looks fine. Look, they're, they're two hotties, those guys, the, the, the two stars of the yeah. remake. They're, 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 they're great looking people. They have the worst kiss though. Remember I complained about the kiss? That's a bad kiss. Their big Uh, kiss is terrible.
0: David flipped out. David flipped out (laughs) about the kiss to a degree that like 10 different critics, their first response tweets after the screening were David lost his mind at how bad the kiss was. Like they weren't even (laughs) reviewing the movie. They were reviewing how visible your disgust was at the kiss.
2: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Did you make it? Did you guys go to a screening? And then did you make a noise in the screening? I think I, I think I. I like loudly <laughs> exclaimed and I and I did
1: like a you know, that's it. Like because the kiss in this movie when the uh the carpet kinda gives the lamb oh, yeah, a little yeah. nudge is, yeah. is great.
2: It's a great kiss. A good lesson to boys because I think so many times, like, you know, if you're not the biggest guy or the most handsome guy, you always try to lie or peacock or do something to like get the girl, if you will. Whereas like the whole message of this is to not lie and just be yourself. Like so many times people tell him, hey man, be yourself. You know, even when Jasmine catches him like kind of towards the end, she gives him the chance to tell the truth and he still can't do it because I think there's a thing with, at least, I don't know, at least when I was gonna with boys, it's like we weren't taught to emote in a certain kind of way. It's like, you know you don't cry you don't show weakness you don't do these things and aladdin was a character who because of the streets was probably taught the same thing and had to learn as the movie went on hey it's okay to to just be a street rat man that's just not yeah. where you want to end up it's like you don't have to lie about who you are just no try to attain something else and i was like this is cool and i think that's one of the things that Outside of, you know, the songs and stuff. like I was like, that's what I took from this movie. It's like, Aladdin went on a journey. He learned something and he overcame it himself. Like, his agency was always there throughout the whole movie, which I think is cool to have for a title character.
0: I also think, yeah, I mean, like, two really smart calculations they make are, one... He's innately got a lot of compassion and empathy from the beginning. It's like uh-huh, uh-huh. it's it's so it it's so rote on its face, but it is truly so effective to have that whole uh, one jump sequence, have uh-huh. him steal this bread, outrun the guards, and then see two kids who have it worse than he does and give him the bread, right. It's just one it's, of those it's things a great intro you're just like on this guy's side for the rest of the movie, it's so hard to yeah. lose. Faith in this dude after that point
3: And then Abu does too So then yeah, you're also right. like, alright, well yeah. this fucking right,
1: monkey rules good. too I, But I, I do stand that Abu is like and then he's
0: yeah. like all right
1: a <laughs> <fine. I know. laughs>
0: Booze more begrudgingly giving up the bread for the right thing boo's like man i i personally am not a huge fan of comedies that are predicated on a lie or a misunderstanding about yeah. identities they tend to just stress me out they just go on too far and then it gets to a point where people overreact or they underreact i can't
1: believe you said you were a baker like right, right. A,
0: yeah. a certain How point, the behavior you? right just stops making sense and then things are resolved way too neatly a thing i like that i think this film does well is that aladdin has the guilt and the doubts about what he's doing the entire time it is not a movie where he's just like i've nailed it i've created a fake persona everyone loves it and then he gets caught and has to apologize there is that constant reckoning with like him saying to genie like but does she actually like me
2: yeah
1: i know this isn't real this is a fiat currency and and that you're watching it well it's that you're watching it and you're like, well, she doesn't like that he's a prince. Right. In fact, that's the least interesting that's the thing lesson. about him. She likes that he's Aladdin because he's, a, you know, he's a cute, sexy guy. Like, and but his whole he's life like, is different. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. He's like, well, my only, my only ticket to success is, you know, is pretending to switch classes, is to be I an mean, aristocrat.
2: That's, that's the scariest part to me when it comes to dating period. It's like you want to make sure it works, but like showing who you really are, is like, are, is this person like that? Or is this person like the the person on the first date or second date, you know, like, you know, if they know I like watching TV on the couch all day, every day, do they like that? That's you the know.
0: thing, I'm just like, I am very exciting on a first date and very boring in day-to-day
2: life. Yes, bruh. You know, day-to-day it's like, life. right yes. on a first
0: date, I give them my, like, my, my letterman five, you know, I'm doing my yeah. best material.
2: You're funny, you're charming, yeah. and then, you know, when you're home, I tell people all the time, times, like, when I'm home, I don't like talking. No, like, I, I don't want
4: to do shit.
2: No, yeah. I'm like, that, the, the cut-on switch is when I gotta do the song and dance for people, but like, when I'm at yes. home, man, I just don't want to do anything, and I think that's, yeah. man, we're making Aladdin sound like the deepest movie of all time. But, I but it's think got some like, shit in it! It's, yeah. got, gotta, it's got some shit. I think it does. Then Genie, we even talk about what Genie's going through. Genie has been trapped living his life for thousands of years, by just serving other people, and we when that man, yo, when that man's little gold bracelets pop off at yeah. the end, i like, happiest I've ever felt. Literally, the happiest.
1: <laughs> Here's a question
2: that I can't need you guys to answer on camera.
1: In a, and I believe I'm right about this in the seek sequ- in the straight to video sequels to Aladdin. Uh huh. The genie has the gold bands on his hands, right? He does. He's animated yeah. with them. When I was a kid, I remember that bothering the shit out of me. I was like, yeah. are those not the symbols of his it's bondage? It's the RoboCop
0: 2 problem. It's the RoboCop right. 2 problem. Don't put the helmet back on him. That's depressing. And they're like, no, but the helmet has to be on. That's the iconography.
1: He, right. He looks a little naked without him. I get it. I get yeah. that, they, that they sort of complete the look. But I remember it really bugging me when Serious I would see character like, the regression. ads yeah. for it.
2: Hard agree. The anime. So I do know. So I watched some video on the sequel. And apparently because Latin did so well. Um, they rushed a sequel. And so some of the animation, when you look at it, is so rushed that like certain pieces don't match. And like, I think in fact, with the Genies um, bands, it comes in and out every now and then. It's like, it's not consistent because Jafar has the black ones on and Jafar is trying to get his off the whole time. It's sloppy. Uh,
0: I mean, we're starting to talk about the meat of uh, the story of the film. Sure. But but I, I want to talk about the one other main ingredient in the stew because we're okay. talking about like a okay. lot of like a lot of major blockbuster films, films that that are big, important cultural artifacts. They're, they come from a weird combination of places. Right. So we're talking about the Ashman of it and the status of Disney and using Williams and all this shit. The other part of this is the thief and the cobbler. Which is, Richard Williams is this legendary... This is something you
1: know more about than me. Right, yeah.
0: And, I mean, there are far better, more comprehensive uh, uh, tellings of this story. You can read, you can listen to, you can watch on YouTube. But Richard Williams is, like, animation legend. I think he died just this year, late last year. Uh, I say this year. He died in 2020 or 2019. But... Uh, He was a Canadian animation legend, worked in uh, England for a lot of his career, and uh, was sort of at the vanguard of really trying to push beyond the technical limitations of what people thought could be done in hand-drawn animation. And he did a lot of small pieces, opening credit sequences, ads, this and that. But his passion project for 30 years was trying to make this movie The Thief and the Cobbler, which was his big sort of Arabian – fairy tale of uh, oh no yes a, a a kind of street rat a man from humble beginnings who falls in love with the princess the evil vizier of the kingdom tries to prevent them from getting together and the childlike sultan father is easily distracted it's a very similar setup but it's a largely silent film and part of his whole design was to have almost no dialogue to not really have songs, and it's mostly a visual experience, and it was really trying to push just how much you could do in animation. So it was mostly self-funded, and it took like 30 years because he'd run out of money, and then he'd take another job, and he'd be like, I'll direct your Raggedy Ann and Andy movie. I'll do the Ziggy Christmas special. I'll do this, and then I'll take that money and hire 10 animators and work on it until the money runs out. And so it kept on piecemeal getting closer and closer and closer. His big thing is he does the animation for Roger Rabbit. He's the animation director for Roger Rabbit, which gets him a lot of money, a lot of cachet. So in the late 80s, he's finally sort of got the capital to finish it off. He shows a semi-completed version of the film to Warner Brothers. They agree for distribution reasons. They agree to distribute it. They give him the completion funds. He thinks he's finally going to get to the finish line. What had happened, because the film had been going on for so long and so many different animators were working freelance for him, but full-time at different studios... There's questions. I believe Ashman brought Aladdin to Disney of his own accord for independent reasons. Years but, prior, yes. Right. yeah. Oh no! But a lot of the, the designs yeah. are incredibly it's, it's, similar. It's
1: more the look, right? There's right. certain mirroring in in the look of things. There's no genie in the Thief in the Cop. Like there, but, there's but a lot. The vizier
0: but... character who is right. Jafar is blue. He looks like half like genie, half like Jafar. There are a lot yes. of parallels, and so. To some degree, I think it was just a lot of the guys who were working at Disney full-time had worked part-time on this movie over the decades. Part of it is Katzenberg was a very competitive guy. He knew that Warner Brothers had now acquired this movie. He didn't like the idea of other studios having animated films. So they really tried to like beat them to the punch, which is another reason I think this film got made so quickly because Possible, they wanted yes. to get out – first and what happened was warner brothers said we can't release this now this looks like warmed over seconds and they let go of the film before it was ever finished some weird british company bought it it went into like the fucking tax issues some other guy finished the rest of it harvey weinstein bought it add celebrity voices added songs the version that came out it sucks ass uh, this looks
2: scary he ultimately looks crazy
0: there have been fan cuts that mostly reconstructed it. And he, right before he died, put together a version that's a pretty good approximation of what he was trying to do. Um, it's a very wow. interesting film, but it's, yes. Aladdin's legacy is very much tied into that movie.
1: The, the only thing I will say is that the, I don't think Warner Brothers cut it exclusively because of, they were apparently shown it in the early 92, well before Aladdin had come out, and hated it. They were just like, this is never going to work commercially it's an esoteric movie i mean yes exactly and so i think they freaked out like a little independently of aladdin because it's an it's a weird movie it's a it's 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 a classic lost masterpiece right i mean i know it mostly it's it's like a magnificent amberson's kind of thing and uh when
0: when miramax did release it in the 90s uh they called it arabian night Right. That, was, that was a to Harvey just,
1: Weinstein. Let me just make some money. Right.
0: But I mean, it was like fully let's trick people into thinking wow. this is Aladdin. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. This movie looks um, scary. That is all true. <laughs> I'll the trailer. Yeah. It looks it amazing. Them.
1: Yep. Anytime you watch any clip of it, you're like, this is just there's like all this stuff going on, this weird like Buzzley, Busby Berkeley stuff with Dude, bodies yeah. and Terrifying. Uh, it's so cool.
0: And, and his thing was essentially like, let's just do zero cheats. Let's do none of the cheats that usually happen in animation, have the most intricate patterns and people flipping 8000 objects in real time. Right, right. It's it's a technical masterpiece.
1: Yeah, it's it's so cool. But Aladdin, Aladdin, though, Aladdin, Aladdin, though. Aladdin, though. I want to point out, we like love love one jump ahead, love the opening of Aladdin. But before that, you have the peddler yep. first. Mm-hmm. You have that whole sequence, uh, and then you have the Cave of Wonders sequence. Mm-hmm. Like it is a a weirdly like sort of methodical start for a movie that's ninety minutes long. Much like yeah. uh, these other animated classics that pack everything in, yeah, and and gets through a ton of plot really fast. Like once it gets going. But, but Genie, the opening doesn't is enter, slow.
0: Right, Genie doesn't enter until over 30 minutes in. Friend Like yeah. Me happens at like 40 minutes in. And Aladdin doesn't come in until yeah. like 12 minutes. You have right. an opening song that is done by an unseen narrator over credits. Then you have a guy who is not factored into the
2: rest of the film set up the stakes for you. Yep. yep. Even with that, though, the movie doesn't feel too long, doesn't feel too short. And like when Aladdin comes in, it feels like... It feels set up. Like, by this point, we, we've heard the pella talk about, you know, the story of the lamp a little bit. Then we cut to the Cave of Wonders. We see the thief die. For, like, the, the movie opens with this dude just mm-hmm, dying. Yep. This is the scene. And then Jafar and Yako have this, this little piece of dialogue about, like, you know, finding the diamond in the rough, right? And it's like, we know who... Like, it sets him up perfectly before he shows up. So, like, no matter what that opening scene that we see Aladdin in, is we know he's pure of heart. So when we see him running and all that kind of crazy stuff, we know he had this yeah. friend. He had no reason. Like he, like he, he was starving. Mm. He would have died, you know.
0: It's true. It's kind of clever the way the movie sets that up where they don't try to make him like Neo. They don't argue mm-hmm. he's the one. But through the framework, they make it clear to you like he has the inherent qualities needed, which means you have to trust us. Yes. This guy is good.
1: This guy's cool. Yeah. You're going right. to like him. Yeah. And Kazim, you know, Kazim, I, I, look, He. I don't know if he deserves to die, but he says he had to slit a few throats yeah. to, like, get the thing. You know, I think Kazim might not be on the up, but <laughs> he's not a diamond in the rough. I don't really know where Jafar found that <laughs> a guy. A diamond in
2: the rough, man. Also, I mean, I mean, you're right. It takes 12 minutes for a lot of these things to happen. But I do think once we once we get into it, I think Jasmine is established very well. I think like she's probably one of the first princesses that even though Aladdin does have to save her, she doesn't come off as a damsel at the beginning. You know, like at the beginning, like she's telling her that I don't want to do this. She's standing up to Jafar. She don't want none of these dudes that's coming to the house. You know, uh, Raja's biting them on the ass. It, it, you know, like and even when she does get captured at the end, she does play an integral part in helping Aladdin save the day. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, she's great. I like Jasmine. I, you're right. She, she wants out and you're with her on that. And also, it's like, yeah, she's a bit of a babe in the woods, you know, when she's, um, you know, taking the, the you know, the, the, when the shopkeep mm-hmm. is mad at her. But then Aladdin comes in, he's like, he does some improv and she's,
2: she's it, right there with yeah, him. Yeah. Bold she bold pretends to be, you yeah. know, she yeah. don't trust him yeah. the whole time. She's getting him no side looks. Uh, I think that stuff matters <laughs> she's, she's a
1: little street wise we don't do you that know? stuff
2: in live action movies now I feel like now we're trying to really address agency and you know female characters and you know characters of color and like I feel like those little looks that she would give him like I don't trust you yet but I'm gonna go along with this because I want to
4: right she's looking for some
2: yeah. spice yeah it's
0: it's classic show don't tell shit where i think now people are very conscious of wanting to make sure the characters represent well and that they have agency and the way they do that because they are so nervous about it is have jasmine look aladdin in the eyes and go look i want you to know i'm my own person i don't know if i trust you yet but i'm a strong independent woman and i'm gonna make decisions for myself and that always rings hollow if it's that laid out and this movie part of it is just like you think about i think incredibles was at the time of its release the longest american animated film ever made And Incredibles is like an hour and 45 minutes or something like it was just animation was so hard to make at this point in time. It's so expensive that it was like you got to get everything done in 90 minutes with credits and six songs. So they were just really economical about characterization and that stuff rings more true even for whatever failings it has when you have to come up with the most Precise, efficient way to set up a dynamic. It always rings better than having a character explain who they are.
2: Well, well, I think the major ones. I think I think what I always say to people is like, I really want whatever our version of Moana is, or or a Coco. Yeah, like you know, to learn yeah. about some type of like Black culture. I think my my theory is, if they do it on African American culture, it will have to deal with America's past. Which that is not what we do here. <laughs> so I, um, Yeah. I don't I'm mm-hmm. not sure unless it's like some folktale that maybe I'm not familiar with yet, but I don't know if we're ever gonna get that. You know what I mean? I'm just that unless Frozone, unless Sam Jackson gets his Frozone spinoff.
1: <sighs> Make the frozen A Frozone work. spinoff? Yeah. I don't know.
2: Then then do we ever see his wife? No, she's
0: never been seen.
2: Like I kind of find it funny that she always just yells from a distance, but like if he has a movie, do we ever yes. <laughs>
1: No,
0: no, she's like the T-shirts
1: and yeah. peanuts like,
2: where's my super?
1: Su-? Is that right? We don't see her in two, right? We don't it's the no. yeah no, right. no, never they, see her. at that point, they're like, let's double down on the joke.
0: Yeah, they designed her, uh, and then they just went like it's funnier if we never see her, which is like it's funny, but then also think about
2: what you're doing here. I know, I know it's that far too it's It is funny, but. Is that part two, man? <laughs> oh, wow.
0: They made a whole design for front. Wow, okay. Yeah, they made it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So we, we have this... this uh, the one jump sequence, in addition to being great. a banger of a song, is also just like... I feel like the first time people have pulled off this kind of like uh, action in a movie yeah. like this. Mm-hmm. You know, on this kind of scale. The action's
1: great. I like him, like, hiding behind the pillar and they, like, throw all the swords at it. Yes. Like, all that stuff, right? All, the, all that kind of exaggerated, you know, uh, action-adventure stuff is fun. It's, it's
0: like Indiana Jones stuff. It's, like, cause and yeah, effect, right. specific, yes. comedic story beats of the action of how he's outwitting them in each little turn.
2: They fall in crap at one point. <laughs> like, they, they fall in literal crap. <laughs> yes. Yes. He biffs them. And then I do love when he goes in and out the, in and out of the rooms. He ends up with like with all the women is like, oh, it's just a light, It is the it's like it's so fun. Because I was thinking in my head, um, because Robin Williams played so many parts, I was like, is this Robin Williams as the the big woman? Like he ain't got. First off, that song is messed up. That part It's like we will blame his parents, but he hasn't got him. That's so mean. That's yeah, so that's mean. True. <laughs>
1: It's a it's a bit of a salty line, I know, to just sort of squeeze in. His mom was too proud. That's the problem. I guess you're, he's running through your apartment, you know, causing trouble, I guess. Uh, I wanted yeah. to shout him out. Crazy Hakim's Discount Fertilizer. It has its own Wikipedia, it's Disney fine. Wikipedia page. It's well worth reading. It's three yeah. paragraphs long somehow for a one second sight gag. Amazing. I'm going to put it in the chat. Um. Anyway. Uh, love that, and and just like the dynamic of Aladdin and Jasmine, they're going in opposite directions. She wants out of the palace; he wants in. You know, mm-hmm. they they're they're bound up, but they also like kind of want completely different things. But that's a good. I like the tension there. It's a way better romantic tension than Beast and Belle. God love them, but you know, there's some <laughs> yeah. problems there. And like Simba and Nala who have no tension at all. Like, I don't know. They're just supposed to get married. And then they do. I guess guess they get married. I guess we we don't see them get married.
2: This movie takes the time to build the relationship at all points for Aladdin and Jasmine. It takes you through the honeymoon phase Mm -hmm. where she's like, all right. And he's, you know, he's putting his best way forward. When he tries to win over at the end and she kind of doesn't trust him, he blows it, has to come back. Like we go through every phase of it, you know? In those movies, I think we kind of rush to these points. Like, you know, Little Mermaid, he likes her because she's beautiful. Aladdin ends up liking her not only because she's beautiful, yeah. but because of who she is and what she represents. So it's like, it's a, it's a difference in the, in the love tonight.
0: Yeah, well, and Little Mermaid has, like, uh, you know, a whole, like, 40-minute stretch where the two characters are together, but none of the tension is about the two of them. It's about outside forces, and she can't speak. Yeah. Like, this is a movie in which every time they reconvene, there's an important shift in their dynamic. You yeah. know, there's some evolution of their relationship every time they see each other again. Yeah, that's totally Right. Right. And it's also just another one of those efficient characterization things where it's like you got a, a princess or a prince, someone with all the wealth in the world and all the access. The way you make them relatable to an audience is that they don't want it.
1: Yeah. They don't want it. They want out. <laughs> <laughs> they want out. And and even though her life, I guess, is fine. She's got this nice dad who's a bit of a, you know, dimwit, yeah. right? Like yeah. he's a, a sweetie, but... um. You know, he's not he's not he has this little micro machines version of, of the town. Oh, yeah. I always like yeah. that when Jafar is like, why don't you play with this thing? I'm like, what is this thing that he has? We're like, well, that's that's <laughs>
0: like pointedly a Thief of Baghdad thing. Thief of Baghdad, the Sultan is obsessed with toys. And there's like a 20 minute sequence where they like bring in all these different mechanical toys for him.
2: Oh, wow! I need to watch this. Thief of Baghdad rules.
0: Dra. So good. It's like one of one of the best special effects movies of all time cuz you just watch it you're like I don't understand how they did any of this. Right, that's cuz it was made
1: in what 1940 or whatever. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's yeah.
0: Thief of Baghdad and Thief, of Co- Thief and the Cobbler are the two movies that really kind of blend into this film with the Ashman Broadway sensibility and uh and Hope and Crosby films obviously.
1: Yeah, right and then right that general vibe with the Hope and Crosby because that's the thing. Once you get uh Aladdin, you know Tossed in jail picked up by Jafar Put in the cave of wonders Meets the genie You know like Yeah Then you know The joy of the animation Of like The fact that you have A carpet and a monkey And a, and a <laughs> Phantasmagorical genie And Tom Cruise That's your yeah. like Core four heroes Yeah You know And like the carpet Is this like Such a triumph Like he's like a square And they make him So lovable Like yeah. And he He has so much He's like kind of bashful, and he's like, he's got a completely different energy to the other guys, and you, you like the carpet. He's a carpet. Like these yeah, are, yeah. these are not easy things to do.
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 like uh, really uh, stunning, uh, and it is. It's funny. Like this film has you right. You have a monkey who spends a good chunk of the movie being an elephant. You have a parrot. You have a tiger, and you True. have uh, a carpet. On paper, that should be overkill. It
4: feels Too like much, right. you cannot yeah, you, you, you have all you four of those.
0: It. Right, you have right. four different like comic relief animals, ostensibly. I mean, because the carpet functions like a dog, right? Yeah, yes, yes yeah. absolutely. Yes. But somehow, like, even though uh, three out of the four don't speak, their personalities are defined enough and their games are defined enough that they don't step on each other's toes. It's pretty yeah. uh, impressive. Uh, I mean, it's, it's another issue where then by the time you get to Pocahontas, it's like, oh, she has 20 animals and each one has a gimmick yeah. because they need to sell a different toy. But like this is when they kind of have the right balance of it. Wait, all. is
2: this the movie? I know you guys are saying it, but it just hit me. Is this the movie that makes the animal comedic sidekick and like the wacky comedian mm-hmm. as like some otherworldly creature? Is this is this the beginning?
0: I, well, I would argue Little Mermaid we did, has yeah. it Little Mermaid okay. Sets up the animal dynamic okay. That's when the animals Sebastian. Become funny Okay, right. right But then this adds The, the Williams thing This adds the right. like You got a magical And it's a celebrity Kind of playing themselves Right
3: This is the first time That they had to cast International voice actors To then do Williams bits like is that the beginning of like spreading his act basically? basically like who is the
1: Spanish like Aladdin who is the who's the Spanish genie like who's the guy in India
0: it's a thing I love looking up especially with movies that are like animated films that are this based around like blank is blank where it's like a comedian is this character is seeing who they cast internationally because so often they're like These audiences know who Robin Williams is, but this is a voiceover film, so they'll know if they're just hearing a person doing a bad Robin Williams impression. You kind of have to find a local comedian who has their own dynamic that matches well enough with what the character is, but you also can't rewrite it or change it that much. So, like, seeing who plays these characters in other countries is always really fascinating.
1: I'm I'm reading about the Finnish dub, for example. Mm -hmm. A great Finnish comedian, apparently. Vesa mati played the genie and had never, like, obviously did had not heard the American version and does, like, tons of impressions of Finnish celebrities. Like, it's all wow. Finland
0: material. Wow. So, so, th- so that's my big question. That's why I was bringing this up is just, like, it's fascinating because this movie paints them in such a corner because it's like, well, now he has Nicholson face. Yes, now right. he's he doing. A, he's got to do Nicholson. He does,
1: he does right. William F. Buckley at some point. I know it's so. He does it twice. <laughs> does he? Yeah, because he does it. He re- he reprises it. He William F. Buckley's right. the. Uh, uh, I have a few. Yes, right,
0: where he, he like does. Counts on his fingers. Right. I had to Google it the last time I was watching because I was just like, "What is the specific face that they're trying to evoke here?"
1: <laughs> He's playing a, a, a nebbishy conservative it's who, so bizarre. who who wants to uh, enforce the rules. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's so much stuff like that. He does Dangerfield. He does Rodney, obviously. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. I right, love he that. He does uh, Ed Sullivan. He does Ed Sullivan, yes. You know, you show it to your kid now. Are
2: you like, do you have to explain Ed Sullivan? No, you get it, I guess. It's just, yeah. you know he, you know what it is now, if you were to watch it, you know he's making fun of somebody. You know, like, I don't know who right. it is, but it's like, I know it's a joke. Once we, like, get to that magical carpet ride, like the, the carpet and it's like the lava. I remember being younger saying... Yeah. Why, why does it look like this? It's so bright. Like, again, I had no idea it was computer and not um, <laughs> yeah. hand-drawn. But when we get to that, that musical number, man, there was no, there was nothing bigger than that because it uh, looked so yeah. massive. Like, it looked like, once I learned how animation worked, it's like, how, how did they do the screen with a thousand genies in that? Like, literally, it was so big that the live action version couldn't even compete with, like, the scope of that scene.
0: Yeah, and I do think like, I i mean, that's pretty much what I tapped out of watching the live action movie because I was like, OK, they did it well. What else do I have to see? Like they yeah. d- they right. I honestly handled that translation better than I thought they ever could have, despite uh, the fact that they took the wrong approach to how Will Smith sang the song. Visually, that sequence is pretty well realized and the dude can dance pretty well. But there's something about watching the original Friend Like Me, where is one yeah. of the only animated musical sequences that somehow gives you the same how-did-they-do-that rush that you feel watching someone, like, sweating bullets, dancing breathlessly on a stage, you know? Yeah. When you see those bravura, like, physical performances on a Broadway show, or any, you know, theater show, where you're just like, I don't understand how this person hasn't collapsed yet, yeah. there's something about the energy of all the genies, even though you just know, like, I don't know. Some guy just drew it. I mean, his hand cramped up a lot, but it's not like yeah. that's physically, you know. But it feels so. Uh, I don't know. It's so high energy, so relentless. It's and, so and Robin's
2: good. singing when he when he when he's done, and he's like, and he has an yeah. applause sign. it's like, yeah, I feel absolutely. like this dude did that in one take, even though it's not true, but it feels like that.
0: Right. It it has that lightning in a bottle energy, and it's just like. I feel like audiences actually burst into applause when that happened. And there was this big campaign. That year, like, should we nominate Robin Williams for supporting actor? Should we right. give him an honorary award for voiceover acting? The Golden Globes gave him one. There was this whole conversation of like, this kind of feels like more than a voiceover performance usually is. Yeah. He's so clearly like just willing this character into being something bigger. And so much of it is that number two, where fundamentally the guy's not
1: a great singer. I mean,
2: he's no, just sort okay. Of, it doesn't even matter. Right, it doesn't
0: matter. It <laughs> doesn't mean, matter. It's all all energy. Right,
1: yes, I, I have a few like right, apparently, I didn't know this but apparently right the 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 opening scene with the street merchant that's they literally brought him to a sound stage, stood him behind a table, gave him, just gave him objects, and were like, "Just go, just do stuff, so like they wow. like I think that's what they did with him, you know yeah. the the other thing i I just found that just was making me laugh so much is that apparently, you know there's the line because Gottfried also ad libbed right, like he obviously is making stuff up, you know when they're fleeing. And he picks up a picture of Jafar and he's like, How about this picture? I don't know. I'm making a weird face in it. Like yes, you know, while, while they're so like packing random. their shit. Yeah. Apparently, Robin Williams was like, that's the funniest line in the movie. That I he like <laughs> would just crack up every time that they showed it to him.
2: <laughs> that is so random. Again, my favorite line is, let's see the monkeys. Like it makes yes. that line makes no sense. I know he's going through all his animals, but to see the soldiers like doing the, let's see the monkeys dance is so funny to me. They want
0: to
1: see the monkeys.
0: Well, we we talked about in the mermaid episode, how like there's a real emotional route to Sebastian that makes the character work. There's that palpable sense of like, this is not the job this guy wants. He's trying his hardest in a bad position. He wants to be singing songs and and there's just something about like Gilbert Godfrey's anger doesn't feel like comedy anger. It feels like real. Yeah. Anger. <laughs> like right. Everything. Yeah. It's too nervy. Yeah. <laughs> he's got like a vein going. <laughs> right. There's something about Iago that just feels like it should not have been able to survive studio notes. They should have been too scared about this yes. character being too intense. But
1: it's the reason he's funny, because it's not restrained at all. He's so funny. Jafar! I mean, but also, and just his chemistry with Jafar is so good. My favorite line, I know Jafar is sort of this archetypal sort of queer-coded villain, and there's there's a lot that's complicated about that. Yeah. But like when he says, like, you know, what if you married Jasmine? And Jafar just goes, What? <laughs> just murders me every time like yeah. it's so like their their relationship is great this has the that we talked about it with little mermaid you know the, the sort of weird crucial thing of you're kind of rooting for the villain like the mm. movie kind of kicks off with jafar you kind of get that he's like look i'm running this stupid down yeah. like the sultan's an idiot like you know like you, you're kind of on his side until the end the end he's at the end he's too crazy and you're like okay now i'm scared of him but for a lot of the movie you need to kind of be with him yeah it's another thing about
0: jafar is that uh you were talking about how it's, the movie has got this sort of Hirschfeld uh, art style, but it also right. is like Disney had always been pretty square about how they depicted humans on screen, right? They wanted their human characters to be very pretty, you know, and mm. and human-like and not very caricatured. And this feels like Disney – you know, in in the early days of American animation, it was like – Disney has the money, they have the technic, the technicians, everything is so precise, but it's a little hermetic. And Looney Tunes is wild and loose, it's got personality, but they got $2, they're really scraping by, getting creative workarounds. You know, they have to use comic energy to overcome the fact that they don't have the same resources. And this movie feels like Looney Tunes sensibility with the Disney budget and technicality because you have a character Mm. like Jafar who is this very caricatured human being and his proportions are so weird and his facial expressions are so much more extreme but they're done with this Disney sort of fluidity where like him just deadpanning a line like that ends up being so much funnier in the way that like Bugs Bunny will be an endless meme resource for the end of time because it's just like half of the comedy is just the facial reactions.
1: I want to, another fact I learned, Jasmine's still the only Disney princess who kisses a villain. Anna in Frozen comes close to kissing Hans, who of course she does not know is evil, but that's it.
2: And she knowingly does it because she is a part of the... the... She's
1: part of the scam, part of the, yeah, the hustle.
2: Man, Jasmine was awesome. I'm sorry. Like, Jasmine (laughs) was one of my favorites, like, because... Because I think, again, like, she wasn't a pushover. And I think that was, at least growing up, like, my family's majority of women. Like, we, like, that's, those are the people I knew. Like, those are the women I knew. It's like, you talk out your mouth sideways in one of them, it's going to be a problem. You know what I mean? And Jasmine had that kind of vibe to her. Um, and I think that was so cool. Like, it wasn't just a, a generic damsel in distress. I thought, like, there was so much nuance um, again, I always laugh now as an adult of that whole red outfit. It makes no sense. <laughs> no, it's great. Cause is it to match him? Because he's red. No, he's. I he's, guess so. Because he's wearing red. It,
1: it's it's so you know we're, we're in a dark
2: universe, yeah, right? Like that's that's the yeah.
1: idea.
0: I, I honestly think it's partially that, and I also think this is when the Disney machinery is up and running enough that they're bringing like the toy Toys. companies in at an early mm-hmm. point, and they're like, "Can she have two outfits, please?" Uh, right. We want to make sure she has a costume
1: change. I mean, look, she is a princess. It would make sense for her to have multiple outfits, I suppose.
2: I had what was probably one of the hardest games of all time, Aladdin. I think I had it on like Super Nintendo or something like that. That's
0: also another area, though, where they're like, oh, fuck, we finally made one of these movies that works as a video game, too. Like this starts to get into it's all the things that ultimately doom this wave of Disney of just Katzenberg getting so greedy of like every one of these movies needs to be everything at the same time. It needs Mm. to have hip hop singles, spawn a video game, be dolls that little girls want to dress up, have a ride, you know, go to Broadway appeal to everyone has to have jokes for the parents
2: jokes for the kids this movie made so much money and then lion king almost made a billion dollars they had never seen numbers like that it was like going it was like 100 million dollars 200 and 300 million dollars 890 something million they were like right keep it going baby
0: The, the escalation was just so wild. And they just like, I think to them to some degree at like Disney corporate, they were like, this is like McDonald's. We figured out how to get the production time on burgers down. We know how to make a burger. We know how to stack the ingredients. Let's just get this down to a formula. And then it starts to become like, why does this feel the same
1: every time? So we talked to a friend like me. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what else there. It, it moves very quickly after the genie's there. Yeah. I don't know. You know, Prince Ali is a well, great number. It's just a great. Go ahead, Ben. Sorry.
3: He fucking right out is like, wait, so what would you wish for, man? And then you know he's a good dude. He's empathetic. Cause I know my ass, I'd be like, yeah, I'm make me the richest yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. You know, like I wouldn't <laughs> even think
0: twice. Yeah. I mean, he. He d- he does beat you at your immediate trick though, Ben. His first rule is you can't wish for more wishes, which that you always talk about. That yeah, it's smart.
3: Yeah, smart. That's smart. You got to write that in because yeah. Otherwise, see, I would
2: wish. I'd wish for the power to do whatever I wanted. I would pull a, a, a. I'd pull a Wonder Woman. nineteen eighty four? Yeah, you you'd ask to become the stone. Just give me the power, baby. I w- I'm gonna leave you alone. You know what? Says I have power you're free genie I got gotcha. you. yeah
0: I give you two wishes I'll give you two
2: wishes to spend on Yourself come on now what else you Need baby <laughs>
1: this is People being bring this up like why doesn't he Pass the lamp around yeah You know hold his wish In reserve let everyone uh, Get a couple wishes done but I don't know If that would work like because you need to resolve
2: I think you gotta finish it yeah you gotta finish It
1: exactly I don't Know I don't know I mean, Jafar does three wishes in the middle of Aladdin's chain. So I don't I don't know what, you know, Jafar is out with it quick. He wants, to, what is it? First, he's a sultan, then he's a sorcerer, then he's a genie. It's real fast.
0: Can we say, too, Jafar's a bad wisher because he's his wishes are just heightening us of the previous wishes. You got to diversify right. your wishes, right? There's no creativity. Yeah, you don't want to put all your eggs in one wishing basket. You want to have a couple different plates spinning.
2: Also, do you notice... Every time he makes a wish, his outfit changes and gets a little bit gnarlier. Yeah. Like, that I like the hat gets <laughs> yeah,
4: bit, His hat gets
2: more... Like, <laughs> horns or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why is this? And they did, it in the, they did it in the live action. They had his outfits changed, and I was like, come on now. If you're going to go for this, it's got to... It's, again, it's got to be tighter. It's got to have a horn. Yeah. devil ear thing. The live
1: action Jafar is interesting because he's so subdued. And he's yeah. like very grounded. He's very like angry and like, kind of, it's kind of personal
2: with well, him. Well, that was their it's,
1: big
4: it's, character the, choice.
1: Yeah. What what if he's kind of hot and low key? <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, he needed to be an old dude. So like when he's trying to marry Jasmine, it's extremely creepy. Yeah, He can't look mm-hmm. handsome. He's got to be like, he, he. I hate to say it, he has to be overtly evil. Like he has to look, like that dude was genuine. He was like, Hey, man, I'm a street rat, too. They always treated us like trash. I want the city back. I'm like, I get that.
1: Right. You're more with them. The live action Sultan is also like too much of a real person. I like that the Sultan in this movie is two feet tall and he's mm. just like yeah. a bowl full of jelly. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> he's a happy dude. I like when the Sultan puts on the uh, the little eyeglass thing and he's got a big eye. I think that's funny. Yes. I think it's a great movie. by him. Make him silly.
0: Him. It's just, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I I think about, because uh, I, I was just, because I had watched it recently, I, I was really paying attention to uh, the time code while watching it this time. I was trying to sort of track, like, how mm-hmm. long the movements when, when take. When does someone
1: come in? Right, right.
0: It was quick but but, but you Prince ali happens like forty some odd minutes in, and that's essentially mm. when the movie really gets started. You know what I'm saying, oh, yeah. like it's like yeah. you've essentially spent half the movie setting up all the pieces for what is going to be now your major conflict to ride you through the rest of the film. How does Aladdin earn jasmine, you know, yeah, how yeah. does he free her from Jafar? You know, how long can he keep up this ruse, and it is just like funny that it's like takes 10 minutes for a lad to come in takes 30 minutes for genie takes 40 minutes for the prince wish to happen you know uh and then the movie it doesn't feel like it's biding time it's it packs a lot in and then the remaining whatever it is 30 or 40 minutes plus credits is just like breathless it just moves so so fast absolutely
2: yeah dang you're right it's so quick once he becomes because once he becomes Chris Hill, he gets to town, meets Jasmine, uh, takes him on the carpet ride. Jafar tries to kill him. It's
0: Parade, and then that night he shows up yeah. on the carpet and, and has the big
1: song. Yeah, And you do A Whole New World, and then there's no more songs, like, which right. is true with so many of these Disney movies where the song part is kind of over for the last right. third of the movie. The,
0: no more the last 30 yeah. minutes become them resolving stakes, and yeah. right. Right. right, no more time for singing, Dr. Jones.
1: Wow. (laughs) Uh, but I like all the stakes I like I I remember I mean as a kid you know I saw this film in theaters Griffin you were saying it's like one of your first theater memories right
0: I I was uh I mean this came out November 92 I feel like I saw it late but I was either three or four when it came out and it's I distinctly remember not just seeing it in theaters and, and sort of the energy in the theater, but also the anticipation. Like, it's one of the first times I remember yes. walking to the theater, seeing the poster and turning my mom on, being like, I'm excited that we're going to see that.
1: I remember, mm. like, vividly my dad coming home with the tickets, like, being like, I got the tickets. Like, we're going to go see it tonight. Right. Like, he must have picked them up or whatever. Like, yeah. And I remember we went with my brother and it must have been like, he must have been like three And I remember the Cave of Wonders popping up, my brother just picking up my dad's jacket, putting it over his head, and just being like, I'm out. I'm not I'm not watching this. Like I I won't be I see ya. Like I'll be asleep under this for the rest of the movie. Because this movie's kind of intense. The end is fairly intense. Yeah. The genie's all big. It's kind of creepy when the genie's this big like golem thing, right? And he's like moving the palace. Jafar is scary.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, Aladdin almost dies several times. Several times. The snake? The snake thing is pretty crazy. There are very high stakes in this movie that are illustrated very cleanly. I also think, I mean, Dra, you were talking about just, like, how seeing the Cave of Wonders blew your mind. Great Mouse Detective, which is Musker and Clements' first movie, is, like, the first major use of CGI in a hand-drawn film. Oh. And then Little Mermaid has a little more. This amps it up. And then I feel like... uh Uh, Lion King has the stampede and whatever. There was something so beautiful about this period where they were combining the two, but more specifically it was like, you'd have like one or two Bravura sequences or elements where the CGI was coming in and it almost made it stand out as like the stakes are higher here. This is more important. This is scarier. This is more epic. Mm-hmm. You know, because suddenly this looks different than any movie you've ever seen before. There's yeah. something just about that cave coming up. Yeah, it's cool. Where it's just like, this is not how this movie's supposed to look. You know, the whole temperature changes.
2: Yeah. I-, I hate to say it, I am one of those people who believes in like trying to make things like you don't have any money. So I feel like it makes you more creative where I feel like now, because CGI, you know, is, I guess, cost effective to a certain extent. Um, you don't have to be as crafty. And I think when you have moments like this, like in the early nineties in particular, it's like, you only get, you only have enough time for one. Yeah. So when you figure it out where it's going to go, it has to be this big moment that feels lively because you only get one shot at it you know
0: right it's essentially it's the cave of wonders and the the carpet is a lot of cgi just because yeah. the patterns would be hard to hand draw but it, it really would be like they'd have one sequence or one character or it'd be like the vehicles or cgi or whatever it is and it, it helps like in this way of uh i don't know spotlighting certain elements making them feel more important
1: yeah it's a cool movie It's a it's a cool ass movie. I just I kind of just agree with your thing, Griff. Where it's like it's it's the roadmap to a lot of problems.
2: Yeah, it is. I never saw it as
1: that, but it doesn't really hurt the movie for me. Classic victim of its success
0: thing. I mean, and and to that point, it's like whole new world comes up, right? Not our favorite song, but like you know, a a, a song that ostensibly is effective. My zoom background for this is when Adam Driver. And Cecily Strong did an Aladdin sketch, but I was also thinking about like the whole teaser trailer for Lilo and Stitch with Stitch Mm. jumping on the carpet and interrupting them. I just feel like there have been the the, uh, teaser campaign for Lilo and Stitch was they took the most famous musical sequences and then Stitch would come in and ruin them. But the way the trailer started, you would think it was just a re-release of the original movie and then Stitch would fuck it up.
2: That's the next one, right? The next live action one? Is Lilo <sighs> and Stitch? They better not.
0: They just better not. They keep... It's, it's, it is? I'm, I know it's getting yeah, made. They're, I know. They're
2: going to do that,
0: right? They're going to do all of they're it. They're going to do it.
2: They got announced. I think it might be next. I think
0: John
1: Chu
2: is going to do it. Who John, I like. John Chu
1: is 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 supposedly making
2: it. Yeah. Next. My thing is, he Lilo has to look kind of scary. Like, he is not a... Stitch. Not Stitch, attractive. Yes. Stitch, sorry. That,
0: that's the problem. I just don't know how they make Stitch... Look photorealistic and not make him too cute or too upsetting. It's It's a very delicate balance, which you can kind of only do in a fully animated world. I think that's my fear. I think they're going to have a fucking monster trucks problem where kids don't want to meet Creech, you know, where it's just like, what's that fucking monster doing in this truck? I don't like it. Uh, But, but I just, as the sequence was going on, I was like weirdly like bracing myself because it's hard to look at a whole new world, just the straight version of it, because it's been parodied so much and clowned on so much and done karaoke so much that you're just waiting for like, when are they going to deflate this? And you're like, no, right. This is the actual thing that this everyone everyone's on. This is the one. Right? Yes. This is the real right. One. This, is the, the
1: yeah. <laughs> this is the text. Yeah. This is the text. Right. Exactly.
2: Um, I just watched it and realized that in that trailer for Lilo and stitch, stitch, Jasmine finds Lilo, I mean, finds Stitch attractive and just leaves in the spaceship with him. Like, she hops off the, the flying carpet and just leaves with Stitch.
0: That was the whole thing. I mean, look, this is 92 and Lilo and Stitch is 2002. And in those 10 years, people had kind of turned against the Disney machinery. And Lilo and Stitch was like their biggest hit they had pretty much I think for that decade and it was because their entire marketing campaign was like don't worry it's not like the
1: other Disney movies this one's a little different I remember there's that there's that poster where all like all the other characters are beholding Stitch with horror right like the beast there's one in every family their whole ad campaign was like
0: every other Disney character hates Stitch he burps and he's horny and people were like yes please Yeah, something
1: new. Something new. (laughs) Yeah, something new. (laughs) Will we do Chris Sanders? No, I don't know, Chris, I don't think we will. I mean, I guess we could do Dean Dubois, who co-directed that, and then fold it in and do the dragons. We're talking a long time from now if we're doing that.
0: Yeah, I don't think we do either of those. Little Stitch is like it's maybe my favorite of the classical like hand animated Disney films. I just think that film's a fucking masterpiece. But I don't know if we'll ever find a good circumstance to cover it on this show. Um, Who knows? But yeah, Who I knows? mean, the, the, the final twenty minutes of this movie are just kind of uh, escalating action and and stakes in a lot of ways, right? I mean, it's like uh, Aladdin, uh, you know. Jasmine finding out about Aladdin, uh, Jafar capturing him, throwing him in the water. That that underwater with the ball and chain sequence, which I just find very upsetting. It's so scary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. It it, is. Just, just drowning's the fucking worst. And the tension of just like trying to eek his way over to the lamp. Genie being a submarine, though.
1: That's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's cool when he does that. It's really cool.
2: Come on, kid. You got to wish for it. You got to wish for it, kid.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he kind of... He's on his side. That's why the the ending it's a good resolution. You know, Aladdin just be yourself. Everyone should just be themselves. Like that's it's it's the very Disney ending.
0: Yes. Uh I I mean the Jasmine wearing a couple different outfits feels like a toy company note. On the other hand, Robin Williams improvising so much shit must have just been a fucking gold mine to the toy companies when they watched this and they were like, he turns into a fucking submarine? He wears a baseball player outfit. Like every five seconds he's got a he becomes a different toy.
1: Yeah, can I get like a genie submarine toy? I'm sure. I am sure.
2: I'm trying to Google it right now. Is it a genie one?
0: I mean I'm just looking at a list here where it's like vacation genie, Tux genie, genie no shirt. A uh, human disguised genie,
3: but can you get tied up Sultan with crackers in his mouth? Oh, that's a
1: moment. Yeah, that's a that's a weird aggro moment from Iago, where he's stuffing crackers in his mouth.
3: But I found that as a kid, funny as hell. That's a great mm. payoff. You like turning the tables. You just you know you just like that. He's like now who now you like the crackers, huh? I'm like that's comedy.
1: <laughs> it's also I mean the moral of the movie is also the Sultan's like. Well, I could just change the law. My word is law. I. This is a one man state and I am at the top. Like, And it's like, great, solved, problem solved. No other needs, nothing else needs to happen in Agrabah, clearly. I I just put it in the chat, but I just found the best
0: genie toy, I think, uh, which just speaks to how well these must have been selling if they went this deep in the roster. Wow. Frenchman oh. genie? Frenchman genie <laughs> with the beret and the striped shirt, and he comes with
1: a baguette. Wow. A baguette that, let's be honest, essentially looks like a, a maggot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yes. not not, not yes. a very appealing baguette. Yes, it, it is a bug. <laughs> All right, guys, should we play the box office game? Like, What else do we have here on Aladdin that we need to address?
0: it's just it, what it ends like super i think we did neatly he, he outwits them all he uses his street smarts i mean i like that moment where he says uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking misquote it but where genie is like what are you gonna do he's like a snake he's all powerful how can you stop him aladdin's like you yeah, know it's a fucking aladdin baby i find an angle that's a that's a, that is the line right the verbatim it is i'm fucking aladdin baby i find an angle
1: I'm fucking Aladdin, I'll slide on a jewel
2: I'll get this guy, I don't know
1: <laughs> I'll do the old jewel slide
2: I'm about to send you guys Look how creepy Look how creepy this Jafar uh, Genie doll looks
1: The Jafar Genie, he's scary Well oh, this yeah, is very yeah. creepy Because there's a weirdly long tail And he's like screaming He's like <laughs> he's a screaming. maw yeah. He's like ah, yeah, This
0: is a nightmare Amazon pointedly telling us that this item is currently unavailable. We don't know if it <laughs> yeah. will ever be back in stock. <laughs> I, but I just no, want to no, say,
2: no, no,
1: no. Jafar Genie, he he, he thick. He he's he thick. a big boy. He's he a thick. chungus. Yeah, he is a big chungus. He's an absolute unit. You know, like if 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 Robin Williams Genie is kind of like blobby and fun and you know sweet, Jafar Genie's got like a twelve pack. He's like all muscle.
0: I didn't because I didn't make it to the end of the Guy Ritchie one, did they do a big evil genie Jafar transformation? What does he fucking look like?
2: Yes, yes, just google it, man, do
1: they jeez i I'm trying to remember it now, God, yeah, I guess he just be- he just becomes really big, uh. he's just like it looks like him, you know. And and he's a little reddish, you know. But oh
0: yeah, this sucks. It it looks like uh uh fucking Oprah Winfrey in *Wrinkle in Time*. It's just a large. <laughs> it's
2: just a big person. Chafar, yeah. It's like, why just do this? God, I'm
1: watching this and I'm like, I saw this movie. I have no memory of this.
0: But that's what I'm talking about. It like it just exists as like brand rejuvenation to remind people that they like the original thing more.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. Does Iako not talk in the live-action remake? Right, he doesn't talk. He's he doesn't. Just a right, it's Alan. It's Alan Tudyk, the great Alan Tudyk, but he just does squawks, yeah, just right? Doing voices. Yeah, yeah he doesn't just talk. Doing noises. Yeah. All right. Now, should we play the limited weekend when it opened on one screen, or should we play its no, wide I think release? We That's do the only wide. question.
0: That was that was okay. Disney's thing for so long. Was they would release it in literally like one or two theaters and get the, every year just break the per screen average. Right. And then the
1: next weekend go wide.
2: I didn't even know that.
1: Yeah, that was their trick. So it goes, it goes wide on uh, November 27th, 1992 to okay. $25 million. But it's not number one, Griffin. Whoa. What's number one? It's a sequel. It's a sequel to a colossal hit. It's a hit itself. Home Alone 2? Correct. Home Alone 2. They're lost in New York. Yeah. Um, which in its second weekend has dropped eight. Percent. Jeez. That's how big a deal that movie was. It opened to thirty-one Jeez. second weekend, twenty-eight. Uh, bizarre. Let that sink in. This is not normal. No, and just
0: fundamentally, a film that should be unsequelable, right?
4: It's just it's like
0: true. it. It is defying the will of God to make a second Home Alone. You can't do it. I mean, the, I I saw Home Alone two. I think I watched it last Christmas, uh, and. Uh, They they have to go so far out of their way to make so many jokes about like we know, we know, we look like bad parents. We did this twice. And you just want everyone to scream at them, like, no, you can't fucking self-effacing joke your way out of this. You are a (laughs) monster.
1: What do you mean twice? What can I say? The guy's home alone again. He's also not home alone. Let's be honest. He's in New York. It's not his home.
0: No, it's not his home. He's not uh, alone. It's a packed city, very populated. That's
1: true. A lot of people. A lot of people. Um, Number three at the movie is another colossal hit of 1992 that is uh-huh. a major cultural moment. Uh, it's an adult romantic drama. Hmm. Um, phew,
4: very 92. overwrought.
1: Not good, but kind of undeniable, I guess. <laughs>
4: um,
1: a big, huge star at the peak of his powers and a, a huge. Oh, is it The Bodyguard? It's oh, wow. The Bodyguard.
2: Wow. Yeah. Good guess. Yes. Thank you.
1: Um, You got it there, Griffin. Yes. Another opening to number three to 16 million, but just going to have the biggest legs, you know, just. Yeah. Wow. um, Huge movie. Huge movies. All number four, Griffin, is uh, a movie we'll do on this podcast one day. A a crazy blank check. Um, Horror film. One of the best looking movies ever made. Oh, is it Bram Stoker's Dracula? Dracula, that's This is right. a wild top Francis five Francis Ford Coppola. How Dracula. did you
2: guess that?
0: I mean, uh, at this point, draw, we're like an old married couple And I know from the way he phrases certain things Where I can go like, what movie would he think to describe that way? Right. Wow We just know how each other's brains work
1: too well We are cursed at this point point. And number five, a great film uh, From a major director um, Kind of, I guess, like a sort of his one of his big studio breakthrough kind of movies i guess a biopic
0: hmm.
1: um great film major director just... early in his career is it is very it, early, early yeah fairly early in his career it's like his sixth fifth or sixth movie i think but okay. it's his sort of it's his first big movie in a way he's already a huge figure um the director it's it's not malcolm x is it it is malcolm x it is malcolm x A three hour, 40 minute biopic that was a big hit. You know, should have won an Oscar for Denzel, probably like, you know, a a huge another like cultural landmark movie.
0: It it is just also rare that we get a top five like this. That is such a perfect cultural snapshot of this exact
1: moment in culture where
0: you're just like between the stars that are in the top five, between the subjects, the genres, the filmmakers. It's just like so it's like Robin Williams. You know, like Keanu Reeves, Kevin McCauley Costner, Culkin. Whitney Houston, Macaulay Culkin,
1: right? Denzel. Uh, absolutely. Denzel. I mean, yeah. let me give you the bottom half. You got Passenger 57 with Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. You got A River Runs Through It with Pitt. Mm-hmm. You got Under Siege with Seagal, number one, Ben, so don't get too excited. Yeah, don't get too amped. Uh, you got Last of the Mohicans with Daniel Day-Lewis, and you got The Mighty Ducks with the biggest star of wow. them all, Emilio Estevez.
2: Mighty Ducks! Emilio! I just watched that recently. Mighty Ducks and Mighty Ducks 2. D2 is so good. D2 is the one I've seen the most. I realize a lot of the movies I like, I think because of my age, is the sequel. Yeah. So, like, you know, I know Home Alone is a classic, but I remember watching Home Alone too. Like, I remember... right. I know Ghostbusters is great, but I remember Ghostbusters 2, you know?
0: But Mighty Ducks 2 is empirically the better film. I mean, that's the best of the trilogy. The Knuckle
2: Puck, baby. Keenan. Knuckle Puck. The Knuckle Puck. That is
0: one of the most triumphant moments in the history of cinema is they pass the puck to. Goldberg takes the mask off. It wasn't Goldberg. It was was fucking Keenan.
1: Keenan. Get him! And just, I remember like, they're they're Team USA in that one, right? Like The stakes are high in a good way, right? Like, Yeah, good villains. Right, because the first one, they're like a weekend team. And
0: the second one, they're like, you have to represent our nation in the Goodwill (laughs) games.
2: Yes. Didn't they got got the Bash brothers? It was crazy, man. It was great. And then the
0: third one is just bizarre because it's pretty dry. And Emilio's in it for two minutes. And it's about them having a new coach who's an asshole. I have not seen it. We might need to put my Ducks in our franchise bracket. It's a thing to consider, David.
1: Yeah. Are we going to do it? I, yeah. I feel like we were
2: considering it, Griffin. Might have to happen.
0: I mean, well, you know, they're
2: making it into a Disney Plus series, so. Yeah, right. It's going to be that's very true, topical. Are. Very topical. But that's, yes. No, that's a, a
0: wild top 10. And especially those top five movies are just like juggernauts. Cultural. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge. And then Aladdin, it just continues to play and play and play and play and play.
1: It does. It's a good movie. All right. We're done, Griff. Okay. Jira, you're the best
2: in the biz. No, man. Thank you for having me.
1: You really are, Jira. People should
0: still watch Astronomy Club on Netflix. A great fucking sketch show canceled way too soon. Uh, People should always listen to Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood because you guys are one of the best podcasts out there. But also, you're working on your, your new show for HBO Max.
2: Yes. You know, hopefully, you know, Sherlock Homies will come to the screens, your home screens, I guess. Soon. I can't wait. Yeah, um, yeah man, that's just awesome. trying to pay rent, y'all. So <laughs> that's my life. <laughs> trying to pay rent and stay sane. That's it. But it's it's uh, you
0: and Chauvet run Harlem's first detective agency. Is the premise right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's like it's it's uh, these these group of five people, like, kind of come together to like take on the jobs the police don't want to, which is just like the small stuff, like something happens at a bodega, the bodega cat went missing. So it's like that little kind of stuff they take care of. So it's like (laughs) funny stuff, but very New York centric. Yeah.
4: Uh,
0: I love it. I can't wait to see it. Uh, Always excited uh, whenever you pop up in
2: anything. Oh man, thank y'all for having me, man.
0: Of course. Uh, And thank you all for listening. And please remember to rate, review and subscribe. Go to blankies.red.com for some real nerdy shit. Go to our Shopify page where you can buy some real nerdy merch, including comedy, point coins back in stock and the new pin set along with of course the uh gossip man t-shirt that has uh, set america <laughs> flame i think has become the best selling t-shirt of all time xoxo gossip baby man. uh uh you can head over to our patreon for blank check special features where i think we're we're finally dipping into trek now right have we caught up yeah we'll be in track we'll be in track territory
1: um yeah we'll i think we 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 just started it i i think is where we're at with trek. So you can you can listen to those uh, Trek episodes. Just just we're just I'm sorry. We're starting it tomorrow. Oh, boy. So j- tomorrow, Star Trek, the motion picture. Oh, no, Wait, on... I take it back today. It started. Today. It dropped today. You're enjoying it right now. Probably you're listening. I assume you listen to both episodes at the same time.
0: You're listening to both at the same wow, time. At the same time. Right. You're right it, two it, phones. It's, Wonderful. it's like that Flaming Lips album. You burned it onto two different CDs and put. Boomboxes I always make that reference And you always have to give The specific name Because I never remember it
1: I love that reference It's a great reference It's like when I saw LL Cool J At the big three finals game One year Filming Ice Cube With two phones For reasons I will never understand He had two phones in his hands Filming the exact same thing With the exact same angle I don't know why um.
0: uh, I, uh, Tune in next week uh, For uh, Hercules Hercules Hercules. Hercules! Hercules, Hercules. We're yes. talking Hercules next week. And as always, evil Jafar genius thing.